Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Steve, let me ask you one last question on this. If there was a turnout effect from the bad weather today in the district, does that have any partisan implications that you could foresee in terms of what was expected for same-day election day voting yeah. uh, in here rather than the early vote? Well, and potentially. It all depends. Where it is. This is anecdotal, and we'll see when the results come in. There have been anecdotal reports, and I've even heard some Republicans saying this, that the turnout in DeKalb, this is the Democratic card. This is where, if you're Asaf, you want to be getting 60, 61, 62 percent of the vote. You're expecting that. He got 60 percent in DeKalb. In the early vote, there have been some anecdotal reports the turnout here in DeKalb less than expected. That could be a same day. You could attribute that to anything. We'll see if that turns out, but that's something else. And obviously, if you get into an election like this where it's going to be decided probably by a point or two, you could also blame anything, whichever side you end up on. Exactly. And when it comes to turnout, we always find that whatever we say about the anecdotal information we've got about turnout on election day, weeks later when we finally get right. the, the, the real turnout and the detailed turnout numbers, it always turns out what you you can see on election day doesn't really yeah, take it with a huge grain of salt. Yeah, exactly. Anecdotes are worth as much as you know, as far as you can throw. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 21st of June, year of our Lord 2017. And you just heard Rachel Maddow talk about a subject that we'll talk about in 2.3 seconds. Oh, yeah, Ostoff. He didn't win. So, today's show, we're going to do media and guns. Damn, they're stupid. Liberal Hollywood, yet they think they are not and this is all based off an article that was sent to me by a friend that basically it's it's all debunking the concept so i know we've covered this before and we covered guns but there's been a lot of stupid shit lately so i figure we'll cover it again i think you know just like the left sometimes you just got to keep repeating stuff for people to listen to you in my case i won't be lying in their case they're lying and then we'll close with news and social media nuggets so I didn't even have this in the script. You know, I finished the lid on this yesterday using uh, press secretary parlance. But I got an email <clears throat> driving back from the VA today. I read a lot of HuffPo, MSDNC. I read all the left stuff on here, but I rarely read a Fox article. So in this case, I'm going to read a Fox article just so they can crow for a second because their article, Message from Georgia. Hating Trump is not a platform. Turns out money can't buy you love or a house seat in the Georgia 6. Democrats pulled out all the stops in their effort to show that resistance isn't just about marches and slogans and insulting the president, but also about flipping the house in 2018. They poured tens of million dollars into what became the most expensive house race ever, which we talked about in the last podcast. Trying to elect 30-year-old non-entity John Ostoff to fill the House seat of HHC head Tom Price. They cast a race as a referendum on Donald Trump and on a bellwether for 2018. Republicans will be elated with the outcome and hopefully that both these claims are true. What is undoubtedly true is that despising Trump is not much of a platform. Ossoff, who received gobs of money from outside Georgia and doesn't even live in the 6th District, started his campaign by exhorting voters to make Trump furious. But more recently, he backed off that attack line and ran whatever the New York Times called a milk, milk toast campaign. 
He portrayed himself as a centrist with a platform about thin as his resume. Apparently came to realize that those activists sending contributions from L.A. New York would not be showing up in the voting booth. And then he had to win the hearts of Georgia voters. Democrats' eagerness to put Trump in the middle of the race may have been a misstep, but they were swayed by the president's declining approval ratings and by his narrow victory in district in November. He won the six by 1.5%, while Mitt Romney had a 23-point margin, and Tom Price had been elected by 24 points last year. But it turned out that suburban Atlanta voters had other things on their minds, including hopeful, ho- possibly hoping for a candidate better able to serve their interests in the youthful former congressional aide and documentary filmmaker. Despite a torrent of ads casting the election as a way to vent their disapproval of Trump, the largely Republican district came through for Can- Karen Handel, who had worked her way through the state politics and was a reliable middle-of-the-road candidate. The win was vital to Democrats who need to rebuild the demoralized party. They had virtually no chance of retaking the Senate in 2018, given the seats that are in play, thus the focus is on reclaiming the House, for which they will need to win 24 seats. So far, they're batting zero. So it looks like um, Sam Brownback, the GOP candidate, won by only 8,000 votes. Still makes the Georgia contest. Let me flip through this. Sorry. Only 5% district list below the party line. So regardless, he won or she won. He lost. That's a huge black eye. And for Rachel Maddow to already start doing the Hillary Clinton and spinning to try to find some kind of blame. Well, the weather was better. If the wind was out of the Northwest, if we all smoke peyote, I mean, I, I don't understand them, but that, that's that sore loser stuff. So had to lead the show off with that. We've covered it and touched it numerous times about how the Democrats were trying with everything they can all the way to Alyssa Milano saying stuff. But um, it's clearly obvious as the Fox News report says, you can't win an election by just saying Trump's a dick. Just doesn't work. So let's close the loop. Okay, before we close the loop, this is an animal. This is an animal show. I am house sitting for my wife. She's back on the road, so we're podcasting day, which is positive because next week we will podcast two days in a row, Tuesday and Wednesday. Have two fantastic shows already started. One's going to be covering Megan Barry, and of course, one on the Fourth of July and a bunch of stuff about that. Even covering the Nashville uh, fireworks show, which is really great and. Hitting Smithville Jamboree, that those have been the show. I covered that last year's our thing. We go there every year. But um, if you hear purring or stupid from a male husky, just bear with me. Uh, if I close the door once again, it's going to be louder than them being in here. So since we're going to close the loop, let's just go through, you know, the reality of the times we're living in. And this is a great MRC article that I think kind of sums it up. And I'm going to brush over this and only play one soundbite. But it goes in line of what we've been talking about. Shootings, beatings, traffic deaths, all Trump's fault. 
A crazed leftist attempts to kill Republicans on a baseball field. Congressional candidate beats up a reporter. And an increase in traffic deaths. What do those all have in common? Liberal journalists managed to blame all of these incidents on President Trump. In the days after the baseball field shooting of congressional Republicans, there was much talk about violent political rhetoric, inciting the Bernie Sanders-supporting shooter. But former New York Times executive editor Jill Abramson perversely blamed Trump and the GOP because the benefit from a kind of rage machine. Huffington Post writer Jesse Ben disgustingly tried to justify the act. What's more harmful, putting millions already on the margins more at risk via draconian policies or shooting a racist lawmaker in the hip? That was one we actually missed. And Trump wasn't blamed just for the shootings. When Republican congressional candidate Greg Giaforte allegedly assaulted the Guardian reporter Ben Jacobs, it wasn't an isolated case of political a politician losing his temper. It was because he was inspired by Trump. CNN's Dylan Byers cited Trump's anti-media rhetoric, we covered that, and WAPO, Jennifer Rubin, blurted the fish rots from the head. Mm -hmm. Over the CBS this morning, a host managed to discover the downside of recovering economy under Trump. As CBS's Nora O'Donnell reported, a new report says an improved economy has a downside. More traffic deaths. We talked about that. I just didn't play it on the show. Celebrities were being triggered by Trump as well. The Wire creator David Simon warned his comrades, maybe time to pick up a brick. And actress Olivia Wilde called on her fellow liberals to resist. Meanwhile, Griffin lost kids because she chopped off his head figuratively. The following is a collection. There's language warnings. This one, I've never played on the show. Let's listen to this trite. Um, written that you think that while all this is true, uh, th this is not a situation where both sides are equally at fault. I, I do th think that both sides are not equally at fault and that there's been a bit of a false equivalency uh, at work, especially in the, the discussion over the past couple of days. Uh, I think that um, in terms of political leadership right now, that both President Trump and the congressional leadership on the Republican side are extremely divisive and that they are really benefiting from a kind of rage machine that operates in this country. And yes, let's just think of two recent episodes, uh, health care and the uh, uh, re repeal of, of Obamacare. You had when um, the Democrats were actually shaping that legislation originally and the Obama White House. They had open hearings, public hearings. Uh, right now, the Republican-led Senate is having entirely secret process for formulating their bill. No hearings. They won't even brief Democrats in the Senate about what's in that legislation. And then when um, President Obama nominated a moderate, Merrick Garland, to the Supreme Court, the Republicans refused to take action and hold a hearing on his nomination. The Democrats didn't do that with uh, President Trump's nominee. So it isn't equivalent behavior on both sides. All right. 
It's not just uh, what Jill Abramson said. There are people, uh, the American Enterprise Institute, uh, who, you know, and the Brookings uh, Institute who have kind of studied this and, and come to the conclusion that uh, it is true that the Republicans have become more extreme than the Democrats, that while there is a polarization on both sides, the, 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 the shift on the right is much more extreme than on the left. Do you, do you buy that? I'm familiar with that literature. I think there's a lot of truth to it. But today, what I'm not that interested in figuring out who's more to blame. I'm honestly not. I'm mainly interested in recovering uh, what was just called on the show uh, the common public square. So, of course, that was Jill Abramson. And as you could see, they are just purposely ignoring, right? They're completely ignoring the rhetoric on the left, completely ignoring the things reported on the show, and they're completely ignoring the fact that during the Obama administration, you just didn't have this much shit. You just didn't. Um, this one is Huffington Post writer Jesse Ben. What's more harmful, putting millions already on the margin, more at risk via draconian policies, or shooting a f racist lawmaker in the hip? For violent resistance to work, it needs to be organized. Individual acts can be understandable, but likely counterproductive and ineffective. We covered that one. He did. How about Mark Shields from PBS? There was a time, I will be very blunt, when I came to Washington when the legitimacy of your opponent was never questioned. You questioned their judgment. You questioned their opinion or their arguments. But you never questioned their legitimacy. And that changed. And one of the reasons it changed is that a man who was elected from the state of Georgia who ran on, on the book, and the book was, you used these words. You use sick you refer pathetic, traitor, liar, corrupt, shame, enemy of normal Americans. This was New Gingrich and the Bible. It was an idea of policy. It wasn't a program. He used it and he became successful. He became the Speaker of the House. What do I say about liberals in the Bible? They really hate it. Next section, we could be talking about gun control if it weren't for Heroic Acts. This is Martha Raddatz on This Week. One of the things about the shooting is usually there's a lot of discussion about tougher gun laws. There wasn't this time. Do you think that had to do with the fact that you and the Capitol Police officers there, the security detail, who really did stop this from being a much more tragic event? If that doesn't show implied bias, I don't know what it does. Well, you know what? This her heroism is just horrible. We're talking about it. That's just wrong. We should be talking about guns. How about should we let shooting get in the way of calling him a hater? This is Joy Reid. Obviously, it's a delicate thing because everybody is wishing the congressman well and hoping that he recovers. But Steve, Steve Scalise has a history. We've all been forced to sort of ignore on race. He did come to leadership after some controversy over attending a white nationalist event. That's a total lie. It's debunked. Which he says he didn't know what it was. He also co-sponsored a bill to amend the Constitution to find marriage between a man and a woman. He voted for a House health care bill, which would gut health care for millions of people, including three million children. Oh, he's going to get the children. You see that? Mm, so good. And he co-sponsored a bill to repeal the ban on semi-automatic weapons because he is in jeopardy and everybody is pulling for him. Are we required in moral sense to put that aside at the moment? Well, well, no. You never have liberals. You've never put that to the side. You have forever gone right straight in to bashing people. When Reagan died, it was like one minute and you all went... Pieces of shit. Piece of shit. Reagan gave AIDS to people. 
Then we got the mental state of Trump. Here's Mika Brzezinski. Well, I think he's such a narcissist. He's such a narcissist. What the fuck was Obama? Anybody out there remember Obama? He's still doing it. Everything has a picture of him. Obama was a perfect... If you went to Wikipedia, there is a picture of Obama. But okay. It, it is possible he is mentally ill in a way that this is on the table. I said it months ago and everybody's starting to say it like it's new and it's okay to say he's not well. At that very least, he's not well. And he's so narcissistic, he does not believe the rules apply to him. And that's where the ignorance label may apply. Because this is a man who says he can grab a woman anywhere because he's famous. Thomas Friedman. Trump doesn't behave as an adult. He behaves as a juvenile way. I truly fear how he'd behave in crisis. I don't think he's a stable person. Dan, Dan Rather, we haven't had a president that's psychologically troubled. I'm trying to use my language really carefully. We haven't had a president this psychologically troubled in the way since at least Richard Nixon. It's always Nixon. It's always Nazis. It's always racist. Don't you people ever just try new shit? Because it clearly didn't work in Georgia. Long one with Ron Reagan. We've cut it, covered it. How about his supporters? Kathleen Parker. She's over TV all the time. Today, about a third of the nation's population seems to be suffering from a reality discernment malfunction. Have they been ingesting mushrooms plucked from a bull dung? Drinking water spiked with credulity, credulity enhancing chemicals. Thus, when President Trump speaks in his fourth grade monosyllable syntax challenge verbiage, they hear lyrical lucidity. When he brags that he has accomplished more than any other president, save for Franklin Delano Roosevelt, his starry-eyed minions nod their approval. As Trump himself said, he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and they'd still love him. This is the definition of reciprocal madness. This is from June 13th. Is Trump making America mentally ill? Seriously, folks. When have we ever seen this? The left is so angry, it's about the people that voted for him. So not only are they saying this, Trump is a fucking moron. They're saying his followers are all morons. We're all stupid people. We're all stupid. But can we go back to Obama? All right. Sorry, I know drinking during a podcast is bad, but... We've already talked this subject, so we'll just let it go. Obama's people thought he was Jesus freaking Christ. We we showed it. The media put halos above him. Freaking halos! So, though there are Trumpers who I fully agree would allow him to go kill somebody... The Democrats really have no room at ever saying somebody, somebody's followers are a cult. I mean, I hate to say it and burst some people's bubbles. And don't worry, for those in the resistance, on the back side of this little diatribe by MRC, I'm going to read Paige in Oregon. I let her actually put something out in regards to the shooting. So she could literally have the ability to speak back. And I think it was important because I, I can't get anybody. 
I mean, we've already proven on the show we have people like Patrick, an ex-guy I served with, who literally thinks that this is okie-dokie. Just okie-dokie. You know, they need to train more. That's that's actually the wordage, which is scary. But, folks, the left is nothing but a cult. The left has a dogma. The left is the sm- the largest tent in the world, but it all goes by the same thing. Identity politics. Their concept is you live by this and we ever change it. We demean anybody who disagrees with us. We make new isms or obes. And at the end of the day, we silence any kind of opposing views with our dogma. It is a cult over there. I mean, there is a sect of Republican base that is a cult. But comparing it to the many demographics hidden within the left with their causes and their dogmas. I mean, for fuck's sake, the LGBT group. Let's just break it. 26 different genders and counting. That's a cult. That's just a cult. You fight amongst yourselves. You got Matthews uh, saying he's a dictator um, twice, and then he, he's Nixon again. Trump abandoned the world from Fareed Zakaria. We covered it. Tripping out over Trump's typo, Katie Tour. This whole confefe, you notice I never covered it on the show, because that is just juvenile, but every network, Hollywood, Hillary made a shirt, they sold the shit. It was a typo. It was a typo, but this was a whole thing. It went on for weeks. Here's her idiotic diatribe. If someone, something like that, Trump typo, can stay on Twitter for six hours, what does it say about who controls the information coming out of the White House? And what if someone hacked into Twitter and posted a message that could have global implications, saying something like, I'm going to launch nuclear weapons. This kept me up last night. I was up until 2 in the morning wondering when this tweet was going to go away. That's how deranged their syndrome is. A typo equals nuclear war. Are you fucking kidding me? Sophisticated analysis. Brzezinski, you said it. Sean Spicer's defense of Trump's typo. Like a kid pooping their pants and then saying, I meant to do that. Joe Scarborough. Well, yes, it would be like somebody pooping their pants and then people looking at it and saying that's modern art. Don't you understand? Brzezinski. That's what confefe, if anybody wants to know, the small group know that confefe is poopy pants. He does a verbal version of that every day, but it's not just him. Unfortunately, now Donald Trump has people doing the rhetorical in their pants every day. Reza Aslan tweeted about it three times. Uh, Anderson Cooper. If he took a dump on his desk, you defend it. Like we've done for Obama, but that's okay. Local candidate assaulting reporter is Trump's fault. We covered it. Over and over. Lemon buyers. I mean, Washington Post, Rubin. Everybody did it. Finding the downside to good economy. We covered it. Nor Nor Donald. Trump voters upset that America dated a black guy for eight years. This is Jason Johnson from The Root. I don't cover the root a lot 
because to be quite honest, this is going to offend some people. The root is just like a KKK mag or the ISIS mag I covered on her. They're racist. They're just fucking racist. Everything about them is race. They're not about equality. They're by a superiority. And that is the definition of race. Ist. But here's his shit from May 24th. America is at its core a nasty, venal, selfish, and racist culture. By and large, though, the long arc of history is generally bent towards crushing the necks of poor, weak, and especially African-American citizens. Trump supporters still believe that America is ruined, soiled, tainted, and irredeemable. That's what Trump supporters believe. You just said it is. And now you're saying Trump supporters. Okay. No matter what America says to Trump now, as voters know that she dated a black guy for eight years and she liked it. And she still thinks about him. Uh, Trump is a temper tantrum from an electorate that votes out of spite, not hope, anger, not ambition, disdain, not destiny. They just want to make sure they go down swinging. And if that drives the rest of the world off a cliff, so be it. At least the black guy won't be at the steering wheel. I don't know how I missed this in the whole Van Jones shit. I don't know how I missed it, but that shows what I always say on the show. If you always look through stuff with the prism, and it's either black and white, and this definitely applies to race. That's what you're always going to see. But Van Jones, Jones did a special, and then he changed his tone, and had nothing to do with it. It was eight years of you're wrong and you must do what I tell you. I mean, the, the hypocrisy within all of this that cracks me up is that Donald Trump, in a few cases, has acted just like Obama did in all cases. And the left can't handle it. And they're losing it. But for eight years, that's what it was. You're a Christian? Shut the fuck up. You're going to have abortions. You're going to give abortions. You're going to give pills out you don't want to do. You're going to give birth control. You're going to do everything. Screw your religion. That's what they did. That's what Obamacare was. It was a realignment of social norms. And the only religion that got outed was Muslims. They're a cliche group right now, which I don't, you know, once again, I've said on the show many times, I don't believe he was a Muslim. But for some reason, I think he aligned with that because it was the opposite of what the right was doing. And with Obama, the ever-present partisan, anything the right's doing must be exterminated. Thus, religion must be exterminated. And thus, we must coddle to people that chop people's fucking heads off and put them on frickin' pikes. Those are better people than Republicans. We've, we've read that on the show. They believe that. Um, they didn't know how lucky they were living in the USSR. That was from Lucy Kenovoff on NBC Nightly News. GOP equals the Taliban. Behar, from The View, how is removing birth control employer mandate from Obamacare it different from the Taliban? I'm not reading the rest. That was on June 1st. It can't be incidentary rhetoric if it's factual. Bill Maher. People on the right said, well, you know, when you say things like global warming is going to kill people and repeal Obamacare is going to kill people and Donald Trump is a traitor, then this congressional baseball shooting is going to happen. Except what I am supposed to do as a commentator, global warming denying it is going to kill people, repealing Obamacare is going to kill people, and Donald Trump is a kind of traitor. So what? What am I supposed to do now? I don't know. Maybe go choke yourself out because you're a piece of shit. 
Pick up a brick and resist Trump. Olivia Wilde on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. This was June 13th. I do get a little nervous about it sometimes when it suddenly becomes clear that we are buying into the surveillance. But it worries me less than, you know, it worries me less than the idea that of collusion. It worries me less than accepting lies coming directly from the press secretary. It worries me less than the president claiming a former FBI director is a liar. There are some things that worry me more. I think that it's something to be considered as a whole, that we just have to make sure that we are questioning what we're accepting, and we have to just remember that it's our job to be curious citizens and just take back the power as much as you can and to resist. The Wire. Baltimore Sun, David Simon. If Donald Trump fires Special Counselor Robert Mueller and it's allowed to do so, pick up a goddamn brick. That's all that's left to you. That's our rhetoric. But none of that is pinned to the shooter, who, by the way, had an assassination list on his body. The list of names included Representative Mo Brooks, uh, Jeff Duncan, Trent Franks. The FBI has contacted at least one of the three congressmen to inform them of their inclusion on the list. None of the three offices would have offered comment on the record. Then asked about the name on the list, Brooks and Frank's office further di- directed all inquiries to the Capitol Police. Before Scalise shooter, shooting, Wagner had reported five death threats to Capitol Police. She's a congressional member. She said that protesters have been vandalizing my home, showing up with masks and gravestones and laying down on my driveway, drawing chalk outlines of dead bodies, picketing my church at 8 and 10 o'clock mass. Many are protesting her vote on the Republican health care plan, Wayner said, but the list of grievances runs the gamut. Some of it may be fueled by disappointment about the 2016 election, she said, much from irresponsible misinformation, she said, and has been shoveled on social media and elsewhere. The protesters have gone on for some time, she said. But she felt things across the line when she watched as kids in my cul-de-sac filled a cooler with soapy water, put it in, a little red wagon, came down to scrub the chalk marks of dead bodies off my driveway. Kids act better than the resistance. Guy Benson, this is how rampant it is. Let me tell you a quick story. This is like a 15 tweet tweet, which I, I never get down the one slash 4,000. I, I, I don't do it right. Yesterday, I attended the congressional baseball game with my cousin out of solidarity, solidarity following the horrible shooting. I wore this shirt. And he shows a picture. I posted a pic on Instagram and I had a caption about how wonderfully unifying the event Phil felt. In the comments, a gay leftist chimed in. He's excoriating me, repeating a comment, an unfair comment, smear that Reagan did nothing about AIDS epidemic. When I replied with facts, I don't claim Reagan's response was perfect or sufficient, especially in hindsight. He called me a house Negro. He also invoked Nazism and asserted that I only support conservative ideas out of selfish greed. It's a rarity, but I blocked this person. I'm accustomed to vicious bile from the gay left but this was especially exasperating. Perhaps the tumultuous nature of the week rendered me unusually intolerant of bullshit attacks, especially after defending the left for 48 hours. I'm also absolutely exhausted by the garbage attacks the LGBT conservatives are traitorous bad guys. It's all bullshit. 
And to show you how crazy it is, here's an Antifa girl. She did this on media. The media member posted it like it was a, a fucking Da Vinci painting. Fascism.org. I'm out here at the... I'm out here at the public theater today um, to defend the people at the public theater and all of the people involved with this production. These people have come under attack because they created beautiful art that's doing what all art should do. It reflects the, the times that we're living in. It, it reflects the political and social climate that we are facing. And they've come under attack by Delta Airlines. They've been distanced by the, the National Endowment for the Arts. And they've been attacked by the highest institution power, Donald Trump and all of his fascist supporters. You know, Donald Trump is, is a fascist. He is a dictator. The first group of people that dictators always come after is artists. The, one of the first groups that Hitler came after was what he labeled the degenerate artists. Fascism is moving to silence opposition in all forms. They're silencing opposition within the government. They're silencing protesters in the streets, putting forth all these laws against them. Donald Trump has called for protesters to be put on stretchers. And now they're attacking the arts. They're attacking freedom of expression. Do you have a statement regarding, some people have asked about the sort of graphic nature of the violence of the, of the play. Do you have a kind of a comment on that? Julius Caesar existed long before Donald Trump came around, and it's been performed many times before and since then. I think it's, it's a beautiful thing what they're doing, and, and you know what? It's, they should read the play. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it will take years of therapy to unbrainwash that girl, but that girl maybe is 19, 20, maybe. Everything, Nazis... All the supporters are fascists. We're all fascists. I don't think they understand the word fascist. The brown shirts. We covered a prior election where they were saying brown shirts are going to go all over the streets. But the only people that are acting like fascists right now is the anti-fascists with their black garb beating people up and inciting riots. I mean, let's be honest. That's, that's where we're at. But not to be left undone, Salon had to get the NRA kick. I, you know, I was waiting for it. It just hasn't happened. This is from one of their article. The left-wing views of the alleged shooter might be surprising to some, but they shouldn't be. The gun industry and the National Rifle Association market guns with the promises that owning guns will make a customer feel manly and powerful, and that fantasy has power that can transcend political boundaries. And no one knows better than gun industry leaders how feelings of political frustration caused by seeing your preferred candidate lose an election can be channeled into a pitch to buy more guns. Now that's a jab at conservatives during Obama, but during Obama's time he was talking about banning guns, restricting guns, weapons, assault rifles. There was all sorts of shit, so people did buy stuff. And I know some people were kooky about it and bought all sorts of shit, but that that wasn't because their candidate lost and they wanted to arm themselves. It was we need to buy these guns, they're not going to be here. Mary Catherine Ham tweeted back and tweeted this article, that's how I got it. Disarm yourself, Republicans. It's what the shooter would have wanted, and shouldn't we honor that? Because later on, that's pretty much what they're saying. She also said, sometimes I can't decide if it's my favorite or least favorite part of Twitter, how many people have no idea you're agreeing with them. Yeah. Also in this, three years ago, Hollywood liberals verbally assaulted Steve Salisi. There's a whole article saying horrible shit. Um, 
This one, the Republican congressman who was shot by a gunman on Wednesday isn't adverse to reaching across the proverbial aisle and, in fact, did just that in the Hollywood left-leaning of enclaves. Hollywood. The result was not so good. He was the highest-ranking person, and Frank Luntz had this thing going on with lefties and righties, and they were all in there, and people left. They were so angry, they left. Because they couldn't believe he was in the room because they literally believed... They totally believed 100% that he was a KKK member because some Democrat tweeted that he was at a function that KKK people were there. Yet, Omar Mateen's father was at a Hillary convention or a Hillary rally. Nobody gave a fuck. They, they placed him on the backside prominently. Prominently. It was okay. Media said it was okay. They, they defended her. But a Republican, once again, goes to an event. Somebody in there is bad. The Tea Party has a rally. Somebody has a racist flag, shirt, something. One person has a gun in an open carry state. And everybody's linked to it. There is no limit to the six degrees separation the left and the media does for conservatives. But we're not talking about the rhetoric. Here's Warren and Sanders. Listen to this rhetoric. Tell me this is proper. I think that's Leslie again. All right. There we go. Mary Roselli, how do we fight or stand up to stop and have the proposed health care bill examined, at least by the government? How can a citizen stop this bill at the Senate? What can we do exactly? Um, you know, Mary this, your question is really a, a, a profound question, and it speaks to the state, in my view, of American democracy. Our job from coast to coast is to bring millions of people together. When I talk about a political revolution, this is what I'm talking about, is for people all over this country to put pressure on every level of government to say that in America, you know, we are the wealthiest country in the history of the world. We are not going to do horrendous things to millions and millions of working people. We've got to stand up and fight back. We have got to be involved in the political process in a way that we have never been before. Because what is happening now in Washington is unprecedented. This is the worst piece of legislation, the House bill, that I can recall in 25, 26 years in the United States Congress. So... You have got to, Mary, act in an unprecedented way. Think big. Get involved in every way that you can. Rally the American people. This is an extraordinarily unpopular bill. It's not like the majority of Americans have said to Mitch McConnell or Paul Ryan, you got to do this. Nobody likes this. This is a terrible bill. They do it because they think they can do it. They're doing it because they're going to have huge amounts of campaign contributions behind them. So, Mary, stand up and fight back in every way that you can. So what we are looking at is an effort to move in exactly the wrong yep. direction. Yep. And let us be clear. Let me reiterate this. Republicans are not comfortable with this. Thousands of people will die. There's no question in my mind that when you throw 23 million people you know, off actually, it's not even it's not just you on this one, Bernie. There have actually been studies about the impact of not having health care coverage. And 
what happens is that people don't get the preventive care they need. They don't get the checkups. They, they don't, don't go to the, the doctor when they should they don't go, to, go the to the doctor. doctor. You have talked to and I have talked to doctors yep. who have said, I have lost patients because by the time they walk into yep. the office, they're much sicker than they should have been. Yep. All right, so what kind of crazy world is this? And I want to get back to the point Elizabeth just made. We are not a poor country. No. We should not be talking about severe austerity efforts. We are the richest country in the history of the world. Most people don't know that because almost all new income and wealth is going to the people on top. But you do know that, and Elizabeth knows that, and I know that. And our job is to ask the simple question, okay, does Obamacare have problems? Absolutely. Deductibles too high, too many people remain uninsured, prescription drug costs too high, etc. How do we deal with it? That's the rational discussion. That's right. The answer is not to make a difficult situation much, much worse. And again, getting back to the initial point, our Republican colleagues are so cowardly, are so frightful that the American people will learn what's in their legislation. They refuse to have one hearing, one open discussion about it. You know, I think it's beyond cowardly. I think it's actually very strategic on their part. I think they've decided that, look, they know which side their bread is buttered on. They know what the Koch brothers want them to do and a handful of other giant corporations and billionaires. I think what they really want out of this is to say, we're going to keep this as quiet as we can so nobody's, nobody's examining it. We're going to suddenly expose the bill. We're going to get a vote on it right away. We're going to get Donald Trump to, to go ahead and sign it into law. And then what we're hoping is that everyone will be so demoralized that they just won't talk about it. And on top It'll of just the, go away. And on top of the demoralization, when the election comes, you'll have the Koch brothers and other billionaires spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars demonizing people who stood in opposition to this legislation. That's exactly right. That's where we are as a nation right now. With, you know, you can do anything you want, no matter how horrible it is, and you will know that behind you is unlimited amounts of money to make candidates who believe in a nation of justice, you can attack them in the worst possible ways. There's a chance you can to, win those elections. To turn our political system into something where they can say up is down, in is out, yeah. over is yeah. under. And Which, be able to sell it and not have to pay any price at all exactly. for the harm that they have inflicted on millions of people across this country. Which then takes it's us cynical. to another issue tied yep. directly with that is the... Once again, I don't think Bernie Sanders made anybody do anything. I think a guy pulled the trigger by himself. And I totally believe that that gun didn't leave the building and just shoot fucking people. But what I'm applying it to is the hypocrisy. If Sarah Palin puts a target on a district, she shot Gabby Giffords. She shot her again this week. How can the terminology or the verbiage of being, we need to put pressure like never before, and fight, not be held against Bernie Sanders. How? How? How can they get away with even talking the way they are when we knew nothing about Obamacare, and then Obamacare, years after the president was going to be gone, started raping companies and people? This was the year, if this didn't go into effect, this is the year most Americans would fucking hate Obamacare. 
because young Americans don't have health care. They would start getting penalized like a mug. So seriously, how is that okay? But I just don't want to be all negative. So let's let's listen to Paige in Oregon, who graciously, you know, took her time to spell. Or spell. Took her time to spell. Took her time, uh, took her time to write something out. Here's her reply. And I just asked her to tell me what you know what she thinks about it. Greetings, flyover fans. It's Paige, your old pal from Resistance Speaking. <laughs> I read that wrong. It's a Paige, your old pal from the Resistance Speaking. Tony asked me to drop by, so to speak, and say something about the tragic shooting that occurred last Wednesday targeting the Republican congressional baseball team. I'm not questioning your intelligence when I state the obvious. The fact that you listen to Tony's podcast says you're a thinking, intelligent person. The obvious statement I'm about to make is this. Violence is never the answer. Any sane person residing at any place on the political spectrum will know this. The people who commit these acts may have political sympathies of one sort or another, but moreover, they are unwell. They're not operating on a rational level. I know there have been some ugly and appalling comments made by folks on the left in regards to this event. This is inexcusable. This is not right. We should never celebrate violence committed against a fellow human being for any reason. As a progressive, I'm ashamed when people from my camp behave in this manner. There's nothing progressive about it. It's barbaric. And I think, as usual, she succinctly puts a bow on what I would say is 90% of progressives. A bow on it. The problem is all we see in the media, and granted, all I'm reporting is the 10%, because that's all you can find. And it goes back to a truism in our political spectrum. When a senator or congress congressman once said, well, the best birth control is to put a pill between your knees and hold your knees together. I want you to think back how the media asked every, every Republican person that would take a mic. Do you agree with that statement? When Rush Limbaugh called Sandra Fluke a whore, Mitt Romney had to answer for it. One of the biggest gripes from the right about Islamic extremism is that the 90 Five percent of Muslims who don't believe in Sharia law, genital mutilation, or extremist imams call for jihad. But most of the time, you're asking why do those ninety-five percent don't fix extremism in their own religion? So what I hope is saner minds like Page. And the rest of the 90% of the people just hate Trump because they hate Trump, but they're not going to go out and freaking kill people. Start fixing these people. Because at the end of the day, you know when you go to functions, folks, and you got somebody that's a little too zealous. People knew this guy was taking it a little too serious. But my major point on why I've covered it for three podcasts, if... A Republican shoots somebody. Rhetoric would be exampled like I'm doing it in our media. But right now, we're still telling the right to shut up. We're telling the right to literally, well, we'll get into it in our tweets of the day.
couple things on Lena Dunham. Yeah, I've been trying to stay away from her because I just hate that girl and I invariably say sexist, horrible things that aren't meant to be sexist because really I just find her to be the most disgusting human being on the planet, regardless that she has boobs. But she did a tip to bros. And here it is. Hot tip for certain bros. You can't cure a feminist. So upsy daisy, a woman. So you admit feminism is a disease? Another woman, identifying you have a problem is the first step to recovery. <laughs> and I love that. Jennifer Rubin, once again, this is what I was talking about. This is a freaking journalist. Republicans, you know what would lower polarization and destruction of civility? Remove a president who seems to have gone stark raving mad. How can you have a free press when that's the shit they put out on Twitter? How the freaking hell is that not leading off the NBC Nightly News? Disrespectful to the office. Would have been termed racist because she is white. Somebody replied, impeaching a sitting president who has not been found guilty of high crimes doesn't seem to be such a good sound strategy. Yes, a media-led coup should heal our partisan wounds. Yeah, that one hits it. The Trace... Why are assault weapon bullets so destructive? Velocity. Baltimore's health commissioner writes. And then they call for special, special, special bullets that are less lethal. Just for ARs. Which spurred me to do my gun segment today. Sweet Jesus, you people are stupid. Once again, a 22 round might have velocity, but for God's sake, a 45 caliber is going to knock him off Fricker's dick off. Sorry, Mom, if you're listening. I shouldn't have said that, but come on. Come on. You can't win an argument when you're that stupid. KMOV, these are stuff you just didn't see in your media. Homeowner restrains intruder with duct tape until police show up. But we think maybe the fact that the homeowner and his neighbor who duct taped their intruder were armed when it happened might be a little more helpful to duct tape somebody. Chandra Vesta lives across the street from that homeowner and didn't hesitate to help. I went to my garage, my husband and I, we got two pistols. We met him at the cul-de-sac. He blocked off the entry of the cul-de-sac to make sure if he did have a vehicle, the man entered the home wouldn't be able to escape. And he pulled in. I passed him the 45. I got the Ruger. Same thing happened this week in Tennessee. Homeowner neighbor held inmates at gunpoint until police could get to the house. That's WSB TV. They did report it. But this is the omission of the positives in gun ownership. When, you know, all we're going to hear, and we're about to hear it, Charles C.W. Cook, who gets nailed, and I cover part of his article, he tried to rebut this shit. All we ever hear... If the kid kills himself, uh, an intruder comes in and got the weapon and then killed the people. These stories happen all the time. That's why people own guns. And in this case, WSBs, for Christ's sake, these two dudes killed the security guard, took the vehicle, and were roaming. And these were some bad dudes. And oh, by the way, race patrol. They were white dudes. White dudes. Wasn't racist. There was no race involved. These were bad dudes who were both murderers. They're getting transported. They got the gun, killed them, and then people held them. They were trying to break into their car. And so they pulled out guns and said, get out. And they apprehended them. When the police came up, they were already zip-tied. It's the version I got from TV. They got zip-tied. 
Tennessee ain't a place to play fuck buck goose. I'm just telling you. So he said yet another one of these that never happens. Because all you hear are these stats that don't. Um, Jay Stenhall, anecdotal evidence, self-defense gun use is rare. Charles Cook, it's not. She goes, um, nope. Statistics say otherwise. They do not. Romanges for statistics to prove Charles wrong. Even if we take a face value, the gun control activists approve lowball figures, which I don't. They're still high. Gun and self-defense statistics that might surprise you and the NRA. As was predictable, some of the NRA crowd blames the Reverend Clemenia C. Pinkston, the murdered pastor of Charleston Emanuel, African Methodist Episcopal Church for the deaths of eight parishioners. He, he pulled an article out that actually showed both sides are wrong. They are used. They are successful. And there is the anecdotal evidence that people get killed with their own weapon. These two went back and forth forever. And she quotes just one paragraph. Just one paragraph. Just one. So finally he just says what I always say to gun control people. Who I used to be. I used to be a person that was less thinking that we probably didn't need as many guns. I was liberal. I was born in a liberal place. And even though I was a soldier and all I did was blow shit up for a living, you know, personally I just didn't think you need to have an arsenal in your freaking house. But he said, that's an opinion. Do you understand the difference? Because the article is closed with an opinion. Opinion. And then a bunch of trolls come in and say, totally worth all those kids who shoot each other or themselves with firearms. And that's how the left continually dovetails into this so he wrote an article, and it appears to be, because uh, I didn't copy it, I was just going to read it. This is from June 15th. We're going to cover it in our first section. But, I mean, I, I, once again, it, it's the same argument I get over and over and over and over in, in regards to cops shooting African Americans. Yes, statistically, in correlation to the last census, there are more African Americans getting shot by police. There's also more African Americans getting shot by black people in Chicago than most of the freaking country. But in the long run, there's more whites being killed with police. I mean, my favorite argument with liberals, let me get a drink, is right after one of the shootings, a white dude's in Florida, he's cracked the frick out or on some kind of drugs, butt-ass naked and gets shot by the police. I always joke, and I shouldn't joke about somebody getting killed. What was he going to shoot him with? His penis? But that never made the media. That wasn't huge. Because his skin color was white. So nobody freaking cared. I I mean, for God's sake, if he was black, it would be just freaking crazy. There'd be BLM burning shit down everywhere. But there's more whites getting shot. But the left and the gun control people who don't understand guns, never owned a gun, never been around anybody with a gun, hate guns, think guns are the problem, guns just crawl out and shoot people, they're going to stick to that statistic. And that's how they keep fighting it, that there's kids getting killed and blah, 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 blah. But there are so many cases of people defending themselves. They just don't get in the media. So most of this cabal never knows it. They don't see it. They just don't. So finally, it's devolves the bunch of people. Statistics that aren't there, but that's less important to me than the psychotic statist impulse, Cook writes. 
Finally, some dude, not that homeowners never protect themselves with their own weapons. Just that way, more often, they end up shot by their own guns. Charles Cook replies, that is laughably false. And since he took on about a million people, Charles C.W. Cook, you're our tweeter of the day. Yeah, that's the first one. But I've been in his I've been in his shoes, man. I remember one time I literally screwed up and it was hot and heavy about abortion. It was around Obamacare and I went to a feminine site and tweeted some facts that were statistic that you know that seventy six Americans don't believe in trimester you know, third trimester abortions and seventy six percent of America or sixty nine percent don't believe in paying for federal abortions and I got chased for a week. I mean these women just were attacking me and I didn't matter what I did, it was you're white, you're a man, STFU. So to our hate tweets. Imagine, if you will, the daughter of a pastor decided to change her name and pursue a career in music. In a bid for publicity, she sets up a webcam that broadcasts her every move 24-7. Her name was Anna Voog. The year was 1997, and 20 years later, Katy Perry would rip off the idea to help sell a new album. The cameras have been turned off, but the Katy Perry Live Witness Worldwide event did bless the internet with one fantastic still shot of Perry in striped pajamas that inspired some great captions. Ben Shapiro, and you're going to sniffle, hear me roar, wow. <laughs> and I only cover this because if you follow the show, I hate Katy Perry. She's musically horrible. Her new album's horrible. Everybody said it's freaking horrible. But she was on a show that's on um, Axis TV, and it's called The Therapist. And I literally saw my daughter. It was my daughter speaking all this emotion, how her parents repressed her and all this shit. And it's like a figment of reality that isn't true. Because to some of these people, if you say, well, this is what I believe. I don't give a fuck what you do. I'll still love you. They fix, they don't really care about the, you don't, you're going to love me or you don't really care. Or I don't remember how many times with both my children, I, I said over and over, I don't care about your politics, but this is what I believe and I'm not changing. You can hate me because I don't believe what you believe, but I'm not going to hate you because you don't believe what I believe because this is freaking America. They, you know, participation trophy world dictates you must and the left's dogma is you will you will forsake your morals and values you will live this and for one hour katie perry's on there with i don't know her real name um i can't remember because i was watching it and laughing so hard i was crying most of it but her the girl is her when she was a kid and that girl just wants to be liked and be friendly and not be fierce, but Katie has to be. And Oh my God. In between this, it was literally my friggin' daughter who has posted on Facebook that she prayed about something. Then a week later, Christians are the devil. And that was Katie Perry. All I've ever heard her say as Katie Perry uh, theoretically is that, you know, I was restricted by these terrible parents. It was at one of the conventions. I don't remember which one it was. And I was just staring at it. 
Like, God, if that was my daughter, I'd be crushed. I'd just be crushed that she went on national TV and said we were horrible because we're Christians. But then she says God all the time. And that's what Katy Perry was doing. And my daughter's done that. She's got posts that she prayed. And then all of a sudden it was because the crowd went atheist, she went atheist. And I, I, you know, I think anybody in this current generation, I'm a, and I, I know I'm derailing, but I have plenty of time to podcast. So it's going to be a long one today. As you see, we're already at like 50 minutes in the front section. And I haven't even got through hate tweets. But I will just say, there was no more restrictive parenting than those of us who were born and raised during the time of the 80s and 70s. I mean, religion wasn't a choice in my household. But at no time did I ever, ever, ever think my parents were ruining my life. I realized that when I was 18, I was going to be able to live my own life. So it spurred one of the, you know, right after the show was another one called Kids Who Kill. I'm going to cover it on uh, the podcast with uh, Megan Barry on uh, Tuesday. And I'll be honest, people. We got freaking issues with these kids. I mean, when I watched this, I was just in shock. Just shock. These kids basically were just like what Katy Perry was doing. I was suppressed, so I killed my parents. And I, I just, wow. George Takake. I can never say his freaking name. I'll get back on track. The universe doesn't joke around. The officer who saved bigoted homophobic representative Steve Scalise during baseball practice was a black lesbian. The intolerance of the tolerant left. Over and over. And yet this website still espouses family values of protecting sanctity of marriages. Steve Scalise. This was going over and over. And Tataki, George Takai, or whatever the frick his name is, because I can't say it ever, he deleted it, but people will bring it back. But this was, it was all over the place. It was over and over and never stopped. Then the New York Times, who ran all those ones we did the other day, they ran before the gunfire in Virginia, a volatile home life in Illinois, excusing it. And this is what they had. Volatile home life. Hmm. Let's see if we can predict where this is headed. No one could truly know what motivates a man to drive halfway across the country, live out, his, live out of his car, as Mr. Hodgkinson apparently did, and attempt a mass killing of members of Congress. In the days since the shooting, much has been made of Mr. Hodgkinson's strong political views. He was an ardent supporter of Senator Bernie Sanders' bid for the 2016 presidential nomination, and he railed against Trump and Republicans in Washington's Facebook page and letters out of the local newspaper. But another aspect of his personality may have been presaged the shooting. His troubled home life. And they tried to show, oh, it wasn't politics. It wasn't politics. And then the left, who thought this was a great article, so they're pushing it. Alan Binder, for the third consecutive Father's Day, a Times A1 is poised to have a story to mass shootings in America. Alexandria, Orlando, Charleston. That was a big deal. But somebody nailed them, so this is where the hate gets in. No surprise, the New York Times would choose to play to their base. <laughs> the guy tried to argue it off, but of course they want to put that. They want to take away guns. They want us to be Australia. Joe Scarborough, who would even think for one second that it is appropriate to attack a man who is fighting for his life after assassination attempt? 
Joy Reid, hold my beer. Representative Scalise was shot by a white man with a violent background and saved by a black lesbian police officer. And yet, see, that, whoever discovered that, it makes me think we're going back to 2008 when they had the secret, or 2007, the secret website where all these fuckers literally sink their comments. It was all over from liberal uh, politicians, liberal media members, which is all of them, and freaking Hollywood elites. It was everywhere. So, educated hillbilly, which I was going to make this tweet of the day, but I want to give Charles Cook some love for dealing with all that bullshit. You clearly have no idea who your core audience is. <laughs> it's so true. It was over and over. It's called your audience. Another guy, David Roots, MSNBC, Steve Scalise's voting record was insufficiently woke in preparation for getting shot. So, it's his fault he got shot. Matt, at Sonny Wright, he was shot by an MSNBC fan and saved by a woman who is Scalise's considered family. This is despicable. And he linked it to a story. See, another news source actually just did a story on it without the politician or the political implications, and that's what they did. And Frank Center, here's some hate. If you really believe all lives matter, you would never substitute all lives matter for black lives matter. That white privilege again. The Hill, they tweeted, Rhode Island Teacher of the Year wears LGBTQ pin and photo with Trump. So, this, I'm not going to read them because it's long. It's the fight for justice. Uh, Trump's pushing away. They had to hate he was a gay guy. It goes on. Not all heroes wear capes. They slay and all this crazy shit. What the hill omitted is in the photo, it wasn't enough to wear a pin. He is posed with a black fan. I don't mean like a fan, like you plug on a wall. We're talking a black fan from the 1800s that you would see like a um, woman in her regalia and a big hat walking down the road. It's not an agenda, folks. It's not an agenda. I know I walk into rooms dressed up, all hetero, and I'm holding a booby magazine. Because I want everybody to know, I am hetero! But that's the ugly I keep talking about. That, that That's just the ugly. He was the teacher of the year, but he didn't go up there as a teacher of the year. He went as the resistance, and he tried to mock Trump. And once again, hey, that's that's his constitutional right. But if somebody did that to Obama, racist affinity magazine. Watch whiteness work. He wasn't a kid or innocent. You can't go to another country and try to steal from them. Respect their laws. Yeah. Wait, this is the Otto Warmbier, who's dead. This is what people said. Jonah Goldberg, laugh out loud. Asshat Magazine claims to be for teens and social justice, but endorses death sentence for alleged vandalism, petty theft by white males. Stacy Berlin, Otto Wambier was in a coma in North Korea and was alive. He transferred to U.S. hospital and dies. Is this an indictment of our health system? His white privilege could protect him in North Korea. Ken Gardner sums this shit up. I repeat, 
What the fuck is wrong with people? That wasn't a couple tweets. Articles. Over and over and over. This one by Jesse Ben. Uh, he said, fuck Steve Kilsalis, which we covered. North Korea proves your white male privilege is not universal. That's on HuffPo. Harry Kachatrian. If you thought an American being detained and murdered by a communist was the real story of Otto Wambier, you must not be reading HuffPo. Why do people blame Otto Wambier for his North Korean sentence? Privilege can sometime come at as a price. That was bustle. Ebony, you gone learn today on the revocation of white privilege. North Korea. Salon. This might be America's biggest idiot frat boy. Meet the UVA student who thought he could pull a prank in North Korea. Yeah. Emmy Benston. Hillary staffer. Interesting how some people rightfully decrying Wambier's death at the hands of North Korea are real quiet about black people's death at the hand of the U.S. I once again submit, what the fuck is wrong with people? What is wrong with people on the left? I mean, the Salon article, meet the UV with a little A student. They didn't even, they were so excited to dog him. And somehow make it a political statement. They forgot the capital A. But you need a capital A salon because you're freaking assholes. Hypocrisy! Sweet Lord, I'm glad I took my blood pressure medicine. Hypocrisy of the day, Politico chief, CIA chief, Pompeo spends three hours almost every day driving downtown to brief the president, and he's not alone. This is a whole hit piece that Trump's a piece of shit because he talks to his staffers. Really? Okay. The Democrats, health care is a right. Americans haven't seen the GOP repeal bill, but Republicans want to force a vote anyway. We have to pass it to see what is in it. Late night meetings jammed it through prior to the frickin' midterms. Democrats, shut up. Abby D. Phillips. For those wondering if Sheriff Clark ever actually received a job offer... I've obtained a copy of the letter from DHS Human Resources. So she wants to break the story and bash Clark. A lot of African Americans don't like Clark. They call him an Uncle Tom. That's what they call him all the time. The problem is, maybe we shouldn't put his address on it. And that's exactly what she did it. The key one to show the intellect of people and how crazy they are right now. Patricia F. That's her handle. 
Can we pee on his lawn? Yeah. Yeah, that's that. There was other shit. I'm not going to read it, but yeah. Clint Thrush. Why shouldn't real Donald Trump skip the press secretary search and just use Fox and Friends as his daily personal presidential brief? I was going to go with the angle, are you shitting me? Obama used between two firms, some crazy disc jockey, remote crap, never went on Fox except for the Super Bowl. MSDNC was his network. Are you serious? And once again, I don't like Fox and Friends. I think they're all idiots. Don't watch it. But Glenn Thrush, shut up. You're a damn. And how bad a damn we are? Because Jim tweeted back, and this is the other angle, says the guy who admitted to Podesta, I'm a hack, as you would send him your stories for review. That's how hypocritical our media is. The Hill again, warning to Trump, Donald, you ain't seen nasty yet. That was this week. But there's no discourse. We don't have any discourse problem on the left. The left is perfect. They are just perfect. They do nothing wrong. So CNN this week did the usual headline that is still a shocker to me. The ticker announcing Palestinian killed aboarding bus kids bus, but admitting the fact they were armed with knives and later stabbed a man at another bus stop. Three Palestinians killed as daily violence grinds on was what CBS changed it to. At the end of the day, it was terrorism, but they wanted to not, they, they don't want to actually prove it, and you can actually see the pictures. But not going to do that. Somehow the Palestinians are good and Israelis are all Zionist pigs, but okay. Robert Costa, when I met with GOP voters this week in Georgia, I was struck by how they're alarmed about inaction, not about Russia. Media matters, which is the MRC for the left. Conservatives need to cut the bullshit and stop exploiting a tragedy to blame the left. Okay. That's a whole thing. Jim Tritcher says, just because an angry leftist shot at Republicans for pressing, expressing political reason, that doesn't mean they get to say anything about it. Okay, yeah. I kind of read that wrong, so there's two different subjects, but whatever. Planned Parenthood. Hashtag what women want in four words. No politicians in health care. You just let Obama rewrite it. That was Okay. Oh, just Republicans. I got it. Because Republicans don't want to pay you $500 million to kill 3,470,000 3, babies a year in 2014-15. Which, by the way, we still don't have their statistics. I'm still looking. They haven't released it. Joy Reid. Trump names name checks Asada Shakur. Calls her by her formal name, Joy Ann Chesmard, as a dog whistle to his people. Do you have any proof of that? You don't have to, though, because you're on MSDNC. You just make the shit up. Connecticut NBC station won't air Megyn Kelly interview with Alex Jones because of Newtown. And somehow Alex Jones responsible for Newtown. Great article, Bozell and Graham column, Decades of Blaming Violence on the Right. For time, I'm not going to read it. But if you want to read it, go over there. It is awesome. Because it's true. It's always us. 
But one thing I want to make sure everybody remembered. Game of Thrones had heads of tr- a bush on stakes when they came out. So the left has no violence problems. Okay. ESPN writer allows Seahawk player Michael Bennett to denigrate white NFL fans. In it, um, Kai, uh, Sheil, uh, Sheil, I think it's Sheil, S-H-E-I-L, Kapadia revealed that Bennett is releasing a book, Things That Make White People Uncomfortable. Kapadia quoted Bennett saying, I think the league is built on middle America and most of middle America is predominantly a white crowd. That's just the truth of it. I think race is not something that the NFL wants to be a part of or get behind, but the league is predominantly African American. <clears throat> How can that be possible when white privileges existed? Oh, wait a minute. That, that doesn't work. Okay. So the issue that he's dealing with is what we're all dealing with. We all come from the inner city or we've been part of a community because we felt like we've been judged because of the color of our skin or who we like or if a woman, any issue to deal with. We've all been dealing with it with someone in our family. Bennett spent time with Kaepernick this offseason, wears a I Know My T- Rights t-shirt to express the support for the campaign. And it just devolves and goes on that all white people are evil. The NFL's evil because they cater to whites. I don't know where he's even getting that. Three quarters of every team is African American. The no celebration rule wasn't the fans. I don't know where this is coming from. But Bennett's got some issues. It's like the third time I've covered with some racist shit. But I'm sure the media will, he'll do a book tour. The media will make it the best book we're ever written and that every white person needs to read it because you're all a bunch of fucking morons. Political writer Simon showed a complete and utter lack of sensitivity towards the victims of the anti-GOP attack as he began the article with the following. Getting shot is no big deal in America. About 300 people get shot every day in this country and most get little attention from the media unless they happen to be a member of Congress and wearing a bright red baseball uniform with the word Republican and big flowing white letters on the front. In that case, getting shot is a very big deal. I just found that this morning, so I shoved it in there because let's be honest. It's okey frickin' dokey to kill Republicans. So our media mash <clears throat> got some more Scalise. I'm going to not touch it on Tuesday. ABC, Scalise shooting messes up gun control. I read it, but now we're listening to it. CBS blames Trump for the shooting. Seltzer brings on, and that's Brian Seltzer from CNN's Reliable Sources, which was neither reliable or a source, Sally Cohn about discourse. Anybody Page, if you listen to my show, how many times have I had Cone on here saying horrible shit? And Brokaw. All I can say for Brokaw, mom, plug your ears. Fuck this guy. He used to be a great reporter. Whatever happened to him? What happened? One of the things about this this shooting is usually there's a lot of discussion about tougher gun laws. There wasn't this time. Do you think that had to do with the fact that you had the Capitol Police officers there, the the security detail, who really did stop this from being a much more tragic event? We don't need to wait for more tragedies to take action on guns. This is a way we can be healing because... Voters are ready. We just did a poll. We did it in May in advance of there's uh, the one-year anniversary of the poll shooting. That also happened last week. Other shootings, dozens of shootings every day uh, that don't make national news. We found a majority of Americans want uh, fewer guns. They want guns harder to get. And we tested 16 different proposals. Majorities of Americans supported 15, even in gun households. 
Well, the problem is majority of Americans don't vote in the GOP primary. So, uh, and I agree with everything you're saying. Is the problem though is that this is about politics. This has never been about uh, what most Americans most want. Most Americans want universal background checks. Still doesn't matter. We have to find a way to get beyond the kind of power of particular lobbies if we're going to get anywhere. And I think that's part of the danger. But if you are on the right this week, this was your perfect case study. Their, the whole argument of a good guy with a gun beats a bad guy with a gun. I disagree with that argument. But this was a case of it. So it was hard for the left to push back, and we wanted to, but it was hard to. Hodgkinson's Facebook page was filled with anti-Trump, anti-GOP messages, leading a few conservatives to blame... ...an increasing intensity of hostility on the left. New York Republican Chris Collins told a local radio host... I can only hope that the Democrats do tone down the rhetoric. Some people react to things like that. How dare they say such a thing? Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi argued she's endured hostile right-wing rhetoric for years. So this sick individual does something despicable, and it was horrible what he did, hateful. But for them to all of a sudden be sanctimonious as if they don't never seen such a thing before. Look, I think uh, it is interesting and meaningful how when moments like uh, what happened at the congressional baseball practice happen, that people on all sides of the aisle come, come together and say, whoa, this is too far, this is too much. Now, the question is, uh, and I think this is to Kelly's point, why don't we do that before? Why don't we do that before mm-hmm. shots are fired, or before we cross the line? Why don't we realize, and I agree with Steve entirely, we have a, a hate problem. In our country, we have a problem of dehumanizing, attacking, otherizing the other side far too much. We can argue, we can disagree, we can do so in a civil way without demeaning and debasing uh, our opponents. And, and when it goes too far, we suddenly all go, whoa, wait, wait a second. Uh, why didn't that happen before mm-hmm. in our minds? I was really struck this week that Ted Nugent, of all people, said, and, and this is, by the way, to Ted's credit, I'm, not a sentence I thought I'd ever say, but to his credit, he said uh, the the hateful rhetoric has gotten too far. Uh, he this in is the, the guy, past had made comments about Obama. Said, you know, Hillary can suck on his machine gun, mm-hmm. and Obama is a uh, you know subhuman mongrel. Mm-hmm. And suddenly he's worried about incivility and the is incivility that just because his rhetoric. party's winning right now? Uh, it, is it or is it because someone from his party got hurt? I actually don't care why he's doing it. I'm glad he's doing it. Hmm. But it raises the question of, well, what wasn't triggered in your mind when you were saying those sort of things that now that the consequences play out, you go, whoa. And I think that's for that applies to musicians. And it certainly applies to those of us in the media and those of us who create a media environment that actually gives points and, and credit. Right. The more angry, the more hateful, the more extreme your rhetoric is. That's a problem. This past week, there's been a lot of conversation about our toxic political culture, largely driven by the shooting of a congressman and others on a baseball field in Virginia. Tom Brokaw joins us to share some of his thoughts about hate speech and the Internet in these challenging times. Tom? Thank you, Megan. This is not an easy assignment for a journalist, a father, a grandfather, a citizen, to try to understand the deep, dark hate that's coursing through our country and the instruments that spread it with a keystroke. But the reach and the poisonous claims of Alex Jones and others like him and even establishment public figures would not be slowed. We cannot allow the agents of hate to go unchallenged and become the imprint of our time. We'll always have our differences, of course, but in our finest moments, we're a republic that thrives when it recognizes common threats 
and takes them on. That time is now again. This is a time of common threats requiring uncommon courage. It is a time to step up. Nope, there's no media bias. None. None whatsoever. They're all just journalists, and I just air quoted. But I have to, before we go into the stats of the day, I haven't had an MFR of the day in a really long time. But the narrative by Scott Pelley, I really want you lefties, far left resistance if you're listening. And once again, I, I just have to assume because I'm getting a lot of San Jose and San Francisco listeners. This would never happen if that was a Democrat who got shot. It was a Democratic baseball team and some alt-right mofo because we don't even have alt-left as a narrative in our country right now when we should. This little opinion piece he did just shows how deranged and jacked up the left is. This sounds like Hillary Clinton trying to explain why she lost to a game show dude. I mean, pretty much a reality show orange monster, as you all people, you people say over there. It's just a bunch of excuses. So I can scream and yell and do my usual on the MF for the day, but I'm so angry about this piece. And I had another one with Joanne Reed getting called out by Howard Kurtz that I couldn't get to download. I'm just going to play Scott Pelley and I'm going to let Samuel Jackson do the work for me. It's time to ask whether the attack on the United States Congress yesterday was foreseeable, predictable, and to some degree self-inflicted. Too many leaders and political commentators who set an example for us to follow have led us into an abyss of violent rhetoric, which it should be no surprise has led to violence. Yesterday was not the first time. In December last year, a man with an assault rifle stormed into a Washington-area pizzeria to free child sex slaves whom Hillary Clinton was holding there. Or at least that's what political blog sites had said. He fired into a locked door to discover no children in chains. Bernie Sanders has called the president the most dangerous in history, and the shooter yesterday was a Sanders volunteer. You might think that no sane person would act on political hate speech, and you'd be right. Trouble is, there are a lot of Americans who struggle with mental illness. In February, the president tweeted that the news media were the enemy of the American people. Later, at a lunch for reporters, President Trump was asked whether he worried that that language would incite violence. His pause indicated it had never crossed his mind, and then he said, no, that doesn't worry me. As children, we're taught, words will never hurt me, but when you think about it, violence almost always begins with words. In Twitter world, we've come to believe that our first thought is our best thought. It's pastime for all of us, presidents, politicians, reporters, citizens, all of us, to pause, to think again. And that's the CBS Evening News for tonight. Join us here tomorrow when we will report from Syria. For all of us at CBS News all around the world.
y'all run everything. We feel so much better when I let him do it. To our stats of the day, Tom Jackman, Jackman, breaking Minnesota officer acquitted of manslaughter for shooting Philandro Castile. Surprise, we have not heard that. The There were two black jurors, and they also acquitted him. Americans, as a recent poll, political discourse is increasingly uncivil. 7% say it's getting better. I That's got to be a resistance, members. 68, getting worse. 24, the same. Another stat you've never heard. Bush approval rating is going up. This is W. Remember, when he left office, it was like a 0.5. Now it's 59%. And the dear one, the anointed one, Brock Hussein Obama, is 63. But the media is never going to tell you that. One in four Americans have money management problems. One in four do not have an emergency fund. We are more worried about paying for our next vacation than saving for retirement. Millions are hide, hide money from their spouses and or life partners, as this article says. We prioritize paying the wrong bills first, and that's based on interest rate. And we racked up one trillion in credit card debt. That's pretty crazy. Southwest this week, 120 degree temps almost everywhere. Mojave was 120 the other day when I clued in on it. Wow. Last Man Standing is being revived on CMT. Show with great ratings. It has Republican ideals. Gets canceled on ABC because it doesn't fit their mantra. But at least CMT is going to fix it. Another strat, jihadists suspected in fatal Mali terror attack at a popular terrorist resort. You didn't hear that this day or this week because all we were talking about is the van attack, which was very interesting. Uh, not that this happened. It's horrible that somebody got killed, but you didn't hear van attacked Muslims praying. You heard extremists in van attacked Muslims praying because that are, that's our liberal stuff. All right. That's our liberal stuff. Simultaneously, while they push that down to kill alt-right people or whatever the hell they're classifying people in Europe, there was a video on the internet, on Twitter, from Italy. And these are Muslims because they have such an immigration problem over there. We keep proving it on the show, but you know the left wants everybody to be in here, including Megan Berry and little old Nashville. They are going 2001 a space odyssey on this shit. I mean, we're talking cavemanning a car in protest of something. 
So that's what I'm going to play out into our first bumper after like well, an hour and a half. Sorry, this is a very long opening. Um, we're going to bump in with Jacko Pierce. This is going out to Steve in Florida. I want to play it the other day, but I, I didn't have an MP3 at it in Wimma, and I couldn't convert it on this computer. So I've converted it. We're going to play a Jacko Pierce song. Uh, I'm going to go with Free. This is a band that was uh, Steve's, Steve's favorite. I think it's from the Northeast. I don't know exactly where they're from. I guess I should have known that before I did this, but whatevs. Enjoy the beautiful music. We're going to segment one. The media's ignorant, just glaring ignorance on guns. This is called Free. She is waking 
With the gold dust in her hair, she is beauty, oh, just a token. But I can't evade her morning stare, and I'm. Walk down to take the time with me, and I'm Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. But you know, semi-automatic weapons are not just about gun control, this is about national security. You know that these weapons can shoot down airplanes, <clears throat> they can blow up a- a railroads. In February, you introduced the Assault Weapons Ban and Law Enforcement Protection Act of 2007. It would regulate semi-automatic assault weapons, including weapons that have pistol grips, a forward grip, and something called a barrel shroud. Weapons with a barrel shroud would be regulated. What's a barrel shroud, and why should we regulate it? I actually don't know what a barrel oh, shroud is. Okay, because it's in your it's a legislation. shoulder thing that goes up. But some of these bullets, as you saw, have an incendiary device on the tip of it, which is a heat-seeking device. We have federal regulations and state laws that prohibit hunting ducks with more than three rounds, and yet it's legal to hunt humans. I think the Second Amendment is in the Constitution so that we can have muskets when uh, the British people come over in 1800. There's been a lot of people that have been shot by an unloaded gun. At some point, we as a country will have to reckon with the fact that this type of mass violence does not happen in other advanced countries. This is a ghost gun. This right here has ability with a 30 caliber clip to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. And I cannot tell you how many times we have been fearful of letting our animals out because all of these law-abiding citizens are shooting back and forth in front of our house and behind our house and around us. Why you can walk down the streets in an American city carrying a concealed weapon without a license is wacky. Well, I, I didn't say without it. a license. I think, yeah, I think. I'm talking would. about that's what's going on. I'm talking about a different point here. No, people, I want to see people disarmed. They actually I want people disarmed that are made to major uh, cities. How's that for a plan? The pair of you would like to have the right to have a tank, and you don't agree with it. Now you're committing straw man. Now you're committing straw man. And you know something? It makes me sick when I hear people say that kind of thing. If you want to protect yourself, get a double barrel shotgun, as I told my wife. I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here or walk out, put that double barrel shotgun and fire two blasts. Yeah, that little vignette is all media politicians just butt ass blind. 
So do a couple articles. Media shows glaring ignorance on guns after Alexandria shooting. Throughout the news coverage of the shooting of Scalisi, number, uh, numerous media outlets and journalists made glaring mistakes in the reporting on basic facts regarding the shooter's weapon. The now-deceased shooter, James Hodkinson, is reported to have used a semi-automatic SKS rifle to shoot Scalisi, a congressional staffer, a lobbyist, and two Capitol policemen. CNN reported, both in an article on the air, that Hodgkinson used a Chinese-made AK variant. The SKS rifle, however, was created in Soviet Russia during World War II, but was licensed to be produced in China. It served as one of the rifles for the Soviet Army and was a predecessor of the AK-47. Called the SKS a variant of the AK-47 is akin to calling a 68 Mustang a variant of the 71 Nova. They are both 7.62 0.399-millimeter round rifles invented in Soviet Russia, but these similarities roughly stop there. ABC and Chicago Tribune referred to the weapon as an assault-style rifle and an assault rifle, respectively. An assault rifle is a weapon classification reserved for selective fire rifles, typically with full automatic or burst options. Hodgkinson's gun was semi, which means you fire one round at a time, and there's no other options other than safe. I added that in because some people argued on the internet. I saw that, well, there's two up. Yeah, sure. Don't fire and fire one round. Additionally, the Fresno Bee called the weapon an SKS assault rifle. In a gaffe similar to CNN's former Reuters and New York Times writer Jim Roberts claimed in a now-deleted tweet that the shooter used a gun like an AK-47, which is, again, incorrect, an AK-47. 47 is a selective fire rifle with fully automatic option that holds 30 rounds in a standard magazine. <clears throat> SKS's rifle, or Hutchinson's SKS, only holds 10 rounds. Robert also wrongly classified it as an assault-style rifle. Aside from the mil- military terminology, the SKS is not even designated as an assault rifle or an assault-style rifle. In the now void 1994 Public Safety and Recreational Firearm Use Protection Act, in fact, the SKS was not even classified as an assault weapon. On, on Democrat Senator Feinstein's assault weapon ban of 2013, in the media's mountain of incorrect coverage regarding the shooting, the New York Times even falsely reported on Virginia's gun laws. In a piece by the paper's editorial board, they claimed the Hodgkinson could have easily obtained the SKS in Virginia, asserting that the state requires no background checks and private sales. Claim is false, however. A federal law requires all gun purchased across state lines to go through a, a federal firearms license, a federal background check, even if it's a private sale. Those, though these basic gun facts are but one Google search away, many in the media continue to spread false claims about the weapons used by mass shooters to promote their agenda. From Salah, or excuse me, Slate, and I about shit myself when I saw this on Slate. If the media wants a healthy conversation about firearm laws, it needs to stop getting basic gun facts wrong when reporting on mass shooting. It's like clockwork, sick, twisted clockwork. A mass shooting happens. Then there's a flurry of confusing reporting. A death toll is announced, a shooter identified, and then even before the crime scene is cleaned up, come the pleas for gun control. The urge is understandable in the wake of Orlando, <clears throat> San Bernardino, Umpqua Community, Charleston, South Carolina. It's impossible to read about the victims, about the joint funeral plan for these people. But you already know how this will play out. 
Gun control advocates and their allies in the media will attack the gun rights crowd as cold-hearted, stubborn, and out of touch. They will complain that no new legislation will result from the tragedy, and they will be right. There are many reasons that this cycle repeats as it does. We live in a divided society where people cocoon with like-minded allies, and we stop listening to the other side. The NRA is powerful. We get distracted and move on to the next shiny thing. But one important point, the mainstream media lobbies hard for gun control, but it's very, very bad at gun journalism. It might be impossible ever to bridge the divide between gun control and gun rights, but it's impossible to start a dialogue when you don't know what the hell you're talking about. This is a woman, by the way. Not that that means anything about genders. I'm just saying this is some white dude. It's not a white dude. I don't know what a race is, but it's a female. I know that's important to the left because we've got to identify politics every freaking thing we do. Media stories in the wake of mass shootings typically feature a laundry list of mistakes that reflect the writer's inexperience with guns and gun cultures. Some of them are small but telling, conflating automatic and semi-automatic weapons, assault rifles and assault weapons, caliber and gauge, all demonstrate a general lack of familiarity with firearms. Some of them are bigger, like calling the common-sense gun control and universal background checks after instances in which a shooter purchased a gun legally and passed background checks. This whole background check mantra. I know I hit it on the show a million times. Dude, you got to do a background check. Every weapon I own is a background check. I falsely state in the podcast before, so here's my correction. Unlike the rest of them, you're going to hear it on a different podcast, not on the same article that you never go back to and read again. <clears throat> the guy that sold me my AR was a firearm dealer. He had an FFL, and he did background check me. I forgot. I did fill it out. I totally forgot I had done it. I had said I bought it in a private sale, but I didn't. I did do a background check. So I was wrong when I said I didn't. But all the rest of my weapons, my pistols, everything I've ever bought, I do a background check. And the Knicks... And along with the FBI, I'm good to go. I get the weapon. Sure, in Tennessee, I don't have waiting periods, but I still do a background check. And if you want the mental health thing, you're going to have to fix HIPAA. HIPAA's your fault, liberals, not the right. You're the one freaking out because we're all the intrusion. I mean, I just saw some shit the other day about a, a cop. <clears throat> they have a new app that a cop can pull up. Connect it to his phone from your phone. It'll instantly say to him what you were doing at the time of the accident. To me, that's not an invasion of privacy. That's law enforcement. Because I don't know many states that don't have a no texting law. Why would we not want to do that? But NBC was pushing, oh, it's an invasion of privacy. Woohoo! They even demonstrated the act. So, whatever. Are focusing on mass shooting involving assault weapons and thereby ignoring statistics that show that far more people die from handguns. News outlets make a lot of noise about diversity. They should apply a more holistic definition. Considering that a quick online search should provide all the information journalists need to get this right. It's amazing that journalists don't know the difference between an assault rifle and an assault weapon. Assault rifle is a fully automatic weapon that can fire multiple rounds with a single pull of the trigger, up to 950 rounds per minute. Assault weapon is a semi-automatic gun that can accept detachable magazines and has a pistol grip and an adjustable stock to increase the gun's length. The term assault weapon itself of disputed origin is a thorn in the side of gun enthusiasts who point out that the difference between assault weapons and other semi-automatic rifles are largely cosmetic and don't increase the gun's lethality, which is totally true. 
It's a little surprising that Mother Jones could flay the two on its Orlando coverage. The magazines tend to be scrupulously sober-minding about guns. Its database of mass shootings thorough and resist their urge to inflate fear-mongering statistics. Less surprising, perhaps, are Rolling Stones errors. The magazine claims that it's easier to get an assault rifle than an abortion. It's particularly egregious since assault rifles are regulated by the National Firearm Act of 1934 and require a lengthy permit process that is handled by the Bureau of Alcoholic Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Do you want an M16, the military version of the AR-15? Expect a wait of 7 to 11 months. True. You have to get an FFL to buy that shit. Sure, you can buy it illegally. But that's the whole thing about the whole gun crowd talks about. You can pass all the rules in the fucking world, but people who are illegal are still going to be illegal. Perhaps out of increased frustration at the inability to pass new anti-gun legislation, some have called sometimes sarcastically for the Second Amendment to guarantee you the right to bear a musket which was a common weapon at the time of the amendment's ratification late 1700s. Muskets could fire single shots or cluster shots with multiple projectiles, but they had to be reloaded every time. In a Washington Post this week, Eugene Robinson, I haven't said in a long time because I purposely avoid him, when the framers wrote of arms, they were thinking about muskets and single-shot pistols. They could not have foreseen modern rifles or high-capacity magazines. A few problems with this. First, gun enthusiasts will be only too happy to educate you on the existence of the Grand Girondani air rifle, which dates back to 1779, 12 years before the Second Amendment was ratified. It used compressed air, not gunpowder, and could hold 20 bullets at once. Lewis and Clark had one with them. Thomas Jefferson sent them out to explore the West. Second, we can argue all day about what the framers all now dead for 200 years or so intended with the Second Amendment. But it seems disingenuous to argue that in crafting a document that's largely served as well for more than 220 years, they couldn't imagine improvement in gun technology. And here's the problem with that argument that nobody wants to talk about. You guys stretch the 14th Amendment to cover everything from gay to transgender. You believe health care is a right afforded in the Const- in the Bill of Rights. And you furthermore believe abortion is a right. There is no freaking way the framers ever thought people would be boarding 347000 a year and we'd be financing it. Theoretically. Even though it's walled off. Whatever. Shut up. $500 million is no joke. Much ado has been made of the fact that an initial sh- reporter out of Orlando said that the shooter used an AR-15 type rifle, whereas and since been announced that he used a Sig Sauer MS- MCX. This is less an indication of ignorance on the part of the media. For one thing, it is how Orlando police describe the weapon. Then an example of the confusion common in media aftermaths of major breaking stories. To someone who doesn't own a lot of guns, it's not a big deal. Like mixing up Coke with Pepsi, Toyota, and Honda. Both rifles shoot two, two, three. The WAPO writes in a piece comparing the two are designed to provide a highly portable, customizable, easy-to-operate and accurate rifle for the individual who possesses it. I suspect the conflation rankled gun rights advocates because the gun opponents have held up the AR-15 as a poster child of gun violence and so use the term as a convenient shorthand. That gun writer, Crow, when the media makes a mistake like this, indicates how little regard there is for media from the pro-gun community. There are several ways the media can remedy this situation. For starters, treat guns like any other beat. Media outlets tend not to send sports writers to cover the Supreme Court or style writers to cover murder. Ignorance undermines authority. 
If you want to report on guns, you need to understand the difference between various weapons and how they're used. Spend time at a shooting range and learn how to fire a gun. Be able to interview an NRA member without scorn or derision. News outlets make a lot of noise about diversity. They should apply a more holistic definition. Yes, the industry should strive for inclusiveness in gender and race and ethnicity, but also needs more geographically, socioeconomic, and ideological diversity. Employ writers who have not gun enthusiasm themselves, grew up in a place where hunting was a normal part of life. Provide a broader range of gun coverage. As long as the media sensationalizes mass shootings, statistics will not be on their side, and gun rights supporters know this. Such events are so horrific that it makes it easy to appeal to people's emotions. But statistically, they're very rare. Exploding these tragedies, calling semi-automatic rifles weapons of war. <laughs> I remember Obama used to do that. And the weapon of choice for mass murderers. is a conversation ender with pro-gun types. It's much harder to write about the gun violence in inner city like Chicago. You're dealing with systematic problems far beyond guns. But ignoring the wider violence creates the impression that the media only cares about rifles and mass shooting. Which is all they do, because they promote the DNC. If the media wants to work towards actual solutions for gun violence, do the right by the people who are senselessly murdered. They need more than righteous indignation. They need to be better informed and more willing to engage honestly with their opponents. So this article in itself is a great article, but even within it, and I caught it, and I was going to say something during it, but I let it go because there's a correction. This article originally misstated that assault weapons have foldable stocks to increase the gun's length. The stocks that are used to increase the gun's length are called adjustable or collapsible stocks, which is true. So even within this, there were errors. But everything in there is true. When all you do is shit your freaking brain over and... Oh, shit your brain. Shit your pants over mass shootings and call for gun control and you don't know what you're talking about, you look like a moron. To the Charles C.W. Cook, everything wrong with a gun debate in one tweet. David Solimini. Now imagine you're a kid and it was a school. This is what he tweeted him. I'm sure its author sincere and means well. Nevertheless, this line represents everything I hate about our debate over gun policy. It's mawkish, it begs question, and it smugly assumes that the disagreement over guns are the result of lack of empathy or experience rather than of conflicting views on the best way to shape Laws. The assumption is that Chuck Fleischman wasn't aware until now that shootings are traumatic. Two, that he is now having been personally involved in one and so will soon realize that other shootings are traumatic too. Three, as a result, he will agree with David Solimini on gun control. Do you see the problem? As many progressives do, Solimini is assuming that we all quietly agree on the best approach, but that some of us are too selfish or stubborn or indifferent to act upon it. But we don't. The two camps that emerged after Sandy Hook were not populated by people who were upset and people who were not upset, but by people who thought more government action was a good idea and people who did not think more government action was a good idea. It is for this reason, not some pernicious social pathology, that the think of the children line has no effect on the dissenters. Why? Because they already were. And I won't read the rest of his article, but I thought that was very eloquent. I think the problem of late is not that people don't think there needs to be more gun regulations or rules. I think people who understand guns or from the gun culture realize there is a lot of rules. And there's a lot of stuff. 
All right? But at the end of the day, when you're always saying everything's Sandy Hook, or you don't care about people, or you're a murderer, or you're worse than the shooter, or you know you're talking to somebody who is freaking retarded, and I know I shouldn't use that, try not to, in regards to guns, but still thinks they're righteous enough to do it. Or one of my favorite, David Gregory, illegally getting a 30-round magazine to push on to say we shouldn't have 30-round magazines. You lose the argument. Because like everything else on the left, all you freaking do is demonize the other people. And I know the far right does it. But of late, it's all this is. This is always where we end up. You don't care about the children. Kids get killed. And if you don't care about kids getting killed, we'll never win the gun thing. I've seen that all over the internet. And those same people are saying that are saying, fuck him. He was a Republican. I don't care if he got shot. He was a racist. I know it's early and he's still fighting for his life, but what about this KKK shit? I really think the gun argument has derailed not because people, once again, don't think there needs to be stuff. I don't really believe the people who are calling for guns really care about the guns. The guns aren't the issue. Politics is the issue. And they see gun control as a cudgel to punish people that won't see the world the way they do. They believe we don't need guns because they live in a big city, there's a bunch of crime, but I live in a gated community, or I'm in a secure building, or I'm a media member and I'm surrounded by people with freaking guns, and I live in a place that's surrounded by guns, or I'm a politician that has bodyguards. Uh, It doesn't pertain to me. But you little idiots out there who won't vote for universal health care who don't want to pay for my constituents' abortions, who didn't believe in gay marriage, who don't believe in white privilege, I must punish you. And how can I punish you? I can take away your guns. I can take away your guns. It's not the gun. Which leads me to my point. The media, progressives, are just disingenuous. It's not real outrage. It's just politics. So that's why this argument just keeps grinding to a halt. The people who are pro-gun, it ain't politics. It's their lifestyle. It's how they live their life, and you're basically attacking them and telling them they can't live their life the way they want to live their life. You're better served to tell them what the hell they're supposed to do. And the funny thing about it, the funny thing about this whole thing, and then I'll stop just pontificating. You can pass all the damn rules in your in your life. Illegal people are still going to have guns because they're getting guns anyway. And you have to grandfather everything. So the amount of guns that are in this country wouldn't get affected a bit. The only way to do it is to have a fascist world where you go door to door and take away people's guns. 
And isn't that what you're saying Donald Trump's doing? I don't know. Maybe it's me. Here's another outro of idiots talking about guns. And we'll go into a quick and abbreviated segment, too. The gun law says that you and I can't just randomly go out and buy an automatic weapon. So let's deal with the facts here. A semi-automatic weapon is a gun that you and I are allowed to own. And in different places, they have different rules. But to imply that anyone can walk out and buy an automatic weapon is just not true, Don. What do you mean anyone can't? Well, listen, during the theater shooting in Colorado, I was able to go and buy an automatic weapon. And I, you know, maybe have shot a gun three, four times in my life. I don't even live in Colorado. I think most people can go out and buy an automatic weapon. Don what is your, I don't understand what is your definition your of an auto, What is it your definition of an automatic weapon? What is your definition of an automatic uh, weapon? Uh, well, for me, an automatic weapon is something that you can shoot off a, a number of rounds, a number of rounds very quickly. I was able to buy Don, an AR-15 it, an, Don, an AR within 20 minutes a semi, in a state Don, of which that I'm not a and You don't that I'm know, not in all due respect, you don't know what you're talking about. An automatic weapon is when you pull the trigger one time and it continually shoots off. One after another after another, a semi-automatic weapon. I can do that with my. A, I can do that with my AR-15. You're getting into you semantics can, here, just because it's not I am, semantics. Hang on, one Ben. Let me finish. One is semi-automatic. Yes, let me finish, Ben. But listen, I think you are getting into semantics, regardless of what you want to call it—an automatic or semi-automatic weapon. I can it's shoot a off big a deal. number of it's rounds. It's a difference between breaking rounds. the law it, and it, not breaking the law. Will you let me finish? Will you let me finish, Ben, before we do? I can shoot off a number of rounds very quickly, and I have the capacity to take to harm someone's life in an instant. I think that is what it, what's important here, and that's what we're talking about. No one is saying that you should take away anybody's Second Amendment right, but, I, but that we should examine it. Likely had to reload, um, or, or, or do we know at this point? It depends on the weapon, but there is a point where we were listening to some of the interviews with the representatives. One of them uh, said that there was a pause, a moment, and he was able to leave where he was exposed and run away. So that might have been a reload. So the difference is a pistol can uh, fire one round at a time, pop, 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 which is what the Capitol Police were carrying. This individual had a rifle. Semi-automatic means that you can switch it to a point where it fires pop, 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 multiple rounds. Some of the lawmakers thought they had heard 50 to 60 shots. Yes. Who knows? You know, you're, you're a witness, you're hearing, who knows, but that's what it sounded like. Yes, and, that's, and this is, it's very likely that that's the type of weapon that he's using. That is the type of weapon that we see in these mass shooting attacks. And I have to say it's pretty remarkable that the police were able to stop them with their, from what we're hearing, their pistols. Am I the meanest? Sure enough. Am I the prettiest? Sure enough. Am I the baddest mofo low down around this town? Sure enough. Well, who am I? Sure enough. Who am I? Sure enough. I can't hear you. Sure enough. Tony Reed of Woodlawn. Guys, I know today has been a crazy day. Uh, some people are sad, some people are scared and nervous. My job is to come out here every night and try to make you laugh and take your mind off of things for a while. So I hope that no matter how you're feeling, you can turn on the Tonight Show and we'll be uh, here to spread some joy and put a smile on your face. That's what we try to do. I made you really care about this sh There's no way around it. This, um, this is what it feels like when America is made great again. I, uh, I was wondering and, uh... I was really hoping it would feel better because this sucks. 
Now, if you're like me, the implications of this have been hitting you in waves. One minute you're numb, and the next minute you realise that Donald Trump, this man, will soon have access to the nuclear codes. It was a, it was a rough night for everybody, I think. Um, yeah, we're worried. The people are worried. You know, okay, he's the president, now what? And I think, I guess the message that I want to, like, spread out to other women is is exactly what you're saying, is not to give up. Sorry, I hate crying on camera, but is not to give up because this is so important. And it's, it's easy to say, throw in the towel and that we're going to leave. Stop it. Anybody but Donald Trump. Anyone. We are not going to be okay. You are this close to handing Trump ultimate power on this planet. Are you insane, you pathetic losers? Do I have to tell them not to be afraid? They're afraid. I would tell them don't be afraid. And I do want to say that I've been very vocal for my support for everyone besides Donald Trump. Heavily supported Bernie, heavily supported Hillary. And I still think that in her lifetime, she deserves to be the first female president. And that's what makes me so sad. Okay, I know I've touched this before, but I found this article. I don't know where the hell. I, by accident, I did a Google search and it just popped up. Because you know how Google is. It's just like, well, I'm not going to wear my tinfoil hat today. But <clears throat> it's pretty uh, analytically left. So this was an article by, um, oh, shit, I screwed up. I didn't write down who the damn article was. The notion of liberal agenda in Hollywood is absurd. There's a lot of soul-searching in the weeks following Donald Trump's election, especially among those who fill our various screens with news and entertainment. Accusation of elitism and bias among the news media quickly spilled over to Hollywood. Law considered a bastion of pathological progressivism and wanton liberalism. Remember the blacklist? Not the one starring James Spader. Film and television were accused of obsessing too much about things like transgender rights and how many black actors got Oscar nominations and not enough worrying about the concerns of real American. Rust belt unemployment, devotion to guns, fear of porous borders, disillusionment with government, feelings of personal alienation, and general sense of world run amok. How many wondered could the creators and arbiters of popular culture have been so out of step with the viewers and moviegoers they serve? The answer is they weren't and aren't because there is no notion more thoroughly absurd than that of Hollywood liberal agenda. Although many members of the entertainment industry espouse often publicly a left-leaning political slant, Hollywood is still dominated by, wait for it, white man! Yes, the white man's fault. Who prefer to make movies and television shows that revolve around other white men, men beset by feelings of alienation, often wield guns, who fight or represent corrupt governments, and generally attempt to survive in our save a world run amok. Across galaxies through the centuries, and every genre imaginable. For every film that does not revolve around such a lead character, there are 78 others that do. Just as for every series that features a transgender character, there are 8,000 that do not. Okay, we've covered this. There's a 100% overrepresentation in gay and transgender where every show has a character on it nowadays. Every show has a character. Because remember, it's 0.7% transgender. We're saying 5.7. I'm taking the gay agendas, 7 point something, to actually 
Gallup polls, which is 3.5. And I've gone with a 5.7. But we already showed it. I did a whole episode on it. For those who are new, go back and listen to it. I mean, for God's sake, I'm not reading the rest of this article. This goes on and says it's all elitism and bullshit. And these people had to speak their mind. And it, yo, blah, blah, and yah. And then they even show all the horrible freaking shit people say. But somehow... They go in and say, well, this is all absurd. Then they had another article attached to it. These are quotes. He's now elected, and we as a country need to support whoever present president because that's what country's based on. If you're in the radius of earthquake, you absorb the shock of it, and when you try to orient yourself and figure out what is this new world looks like, Ben Affleck. We got cocky and became arrogant. We also became bullies. Zoe Zalander. Disrespect invites disrespect. Violence incites violence. When the powerful use their position to bully, we all lose. Meryl Streep. I guess, who's doing the bully now, Meryl? I want to be able to support you, but first I ask that you support me, Scarlett Johansson, which means you must be Barack Obama, which was the stupidest shit I've ever heard. Peter Berg, guys that I know were too busy working to get involved in this. We're making stuff. He's a regular dude and he's worked with soldiers. If I spend my time focusing on the spectacle of distraction, it will diminish me. Ava de blah blah. De blah blah blah. Blah. So then this article's realism or cliche. Hollywood struggles to get the working class right. And they go over all this shit and how they did do stuff, but it's never right. And then the article just fucking derails. Exploiting fear of Muslims. The far right has nothing on liberal Hollywood. Rally white men, demean women, mock the impact of misogyny. How will Gamergate values play out in Trump's America? These are all on the same page. Right, the same freaking page over and over and over and over. And within it, there's only the Berg statement and guys like Marky Mark, who outright said they don't know shit about America. They don't know shit about America. They don't live in America. So how do we rebut this tomfoolery? Here's a list of Hillary Clinton supporters. Hit your stopwatches. Okay, we're going to start it and now. George and Amal Clooney, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, America Ferraro, Robert De Niro, Ari Emanuel, Jane Fonda, Abby Wambach, Dustin Hoffman, Drew Barrymore, Connie Britton, Matt Damon, Cher, Beyonce, Deborah Messing, Ellen Pompeo, Jessica Alba, Brian Lord, Larry Flynn, Ellen DeGeneres, Harvey Weinstein, Beth Byers, Estelle, Carl Lagerfeld, Carol King, Tig Notari, Cindy Lauper, John Leguizamo, Padima La Shamika, Guillermo Diaz, Lena Dunham, Lady Gaga, Ten Dancer, Gideon Raff, Ben Harper, Adam Skankman, Russell Simmons, Tony Goldwyn, Bellamy Young, Orlando Bloom, Maria Bamford, Jamie Foxx, Anna Winter, Lucas Haas, Nick Lore, Meg Ryan, Salma Hayek, Christina Alonzo, Candace Bergen, Mary J. Blige, Sally Field, Martha Stewart, Craig Newmark, Viola Davis, Pharrell Williams, Candace Kane, Vera Wang, Tom Hanks, Kay Michelle, I don't know who the hell that is, John Legend, Lori McCreary, Olivia Wilde, Kerry Washington, Katy Perry, Abby Jacobson, Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson, I doubled him, Johnny Galekic, Tony Bennett, Jeffrey Wright, Lindsay Lohan, Larry Flint, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Zach Braff, Britney Spears, Octavia Spencer, 
Nayo. Who's that? Julian Moore, Josh Peck, Eva Longoria, Amy Schumer, Anne Hathaway, Jim Parsons, Demi Lovato, Finney Sands, Sybil Shepard, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Kors, Amble Tamblin, Rosie O'Donnell, who tweeted this week, Russia hacked the election. Trump is illegitimate. These are truths. Wake up. Putin is charged. And Bully Bannon, the brain. Ah! Amy Poehler. Uh, he doubled it. Tracy Anderson. I think we just doubled some stuff, but that's okay. Shannon Woodward, Katie Lowe, Sting, Uzo Abduba, J.J. Abrams, Steven Spielberg, Jeffrey Katzenberg, John Bowen, Jovi, Elon Glazer, RuPaul, Haim, and Cheryl Saban. Who the hell is that? Kat Dennings. We've gone two minutes, by the way. Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Jennifer Lopez, Dasha Polanco, Leonardo DiCaprio, Rob Friedman, Quincy Jones, Bradley Whitford, Greg, Richard Gere, Jennifer Garner, Ben Advick, De- Affleck, Diane Kruger, Kate Walsh, Toby McGuire, Stevie Wonder, Reith Witherspoon, Katie Holmes, Ja Rule, Kelly Clarkson, L.A. Reid. Hmm. Arianda Grande Coffee, Waka Flocka Flocka Flame, Snoop Dogg, Barbara Spryson, Dakota Fanning, Mark Anthony, Brian Cranston, Jesse Engenberg, Chris Colfer, Retta, Elizabeth Banks, Sean Astin, Howard Stern, Alex Rodriguez, Usher, Greg Bartalni, Stephen Boko, Antonio Vangarazos, Amanda de Sadente, Lee Daniels, Howard Gordon, Rob Reiner, Andrew Reynolds, Jimmy Kirky, Christina Aguilera, we just hit, uh, Three minutes. Kate Hudson, Chris Seberman, Elton John, Andrew Day, Kendall Jenner, Rick Martin, Ricky Martin, Michael Douglas, Will Fellow, Margaret Freedom, Sean Penn. Everybody on the leftovers. Three hours, 15. Or three minutes, 15 seconds. Just to do it. Nope. Hollywood's not liberal. Mark Wahlberg, a lot of celebrities did so and shouldn't talk politics, he told Task and Purpose, a military magazine. They might buy your CD or watch your movie, but you don't put food on their table. You don't pay their bills. A lot of Hollywood is living in a bubble. They're pretty much out of touch with a common person, the everyday guy out there providing for the family. He pointed out that his decision to stay mom on policy issues comes from the fact that he spent his life around a real around real Americans. Me, I'm very aware of the real world. I come from the real world and I exist in the real world, he said. And although I can navigate Hollywood and I love the business and the opportunities it affords me, I also understand what it's like not to have all that. And and I don't want to bash Paige when I say this. But we found in our interview with her, she never even been around a soldier. Didn't know a soldier. Didn't know what it was like. But I've noticed that every guy, Wahlberg, the dude that played frickin' uh, Kyle, an American sniper, once they did, they changed their views. Berg. I mean, in the end, Hollywood isn't America. They might have been a long time ago. You know, a little girl from a cornfield in fucking Kansas. They don't drive cars. They don't handle their finances. They don't meet normal people. They don't talk to it. They get pissed off when people bug them when they're eating. They live in gated, guarded communities. They work with all artists who are all into all these gay and transgender rights and all this shit. And and that's what they do. 
And in the end, the storylines reflect it. A gay advocacy group has released a report showing the number of Hollywood films featuring homosexual behavior has risen to an all-time high, with nearly 16% of films released in 2014 featuring at least one homosexual, lesbian, or bisexual character. Out of 161 movies released in 2014, 25 feature characters with non-traditional sexual preferences such as homosexuality or bisexuality, a total of 15.5%. The major film studios were more likely to feature gay characters. Nearly 18% of their films did so, compared to just 11% of those released by their smaller indie style. LGBT characters on TV will make up a larger percentage than ever study finds. This is from GLAAD, and I covered it before. The GLAAD study also found 20% of all TV series regulars in 2617 will be black, another record number in its 21 years of minority Diversity. Within the first article, 3.4% is in the LGBTQ cosine of four. In this article, the research conducted by GLAD on LGBTQ cosine of four media advocacy organization found that 4.8%, 43 of the characters expected to appear on primetime scripted broadcast TV will be LGBTQ. So they also found that 20% will be black. The 25 queer female characters have also died, which they didn't like. Fox and ABC led the way. ABC was 6.4 and 7.3 for Fox. The report found this was particularly true on cable and streaming services where regular and recurring LGBT characters were 72 and 71% white. And then they go on a whole thing with, that's fucked up. Because they need to know are black gay people. It's a bubble. We did a show. Look it up for new listeners. 90% of the media lived in Hillary majority districts. That is a majority, a district that won by more than 60%. I mean, that, that's the way it is. I don't know a show where one in four don't post politics bashing Trump. It's either Trump's the devil or identity politics. I literally went to the leftovers to follow him. I'm obsessed with the show. I'm watching it for a third time. Every one of them, except for Thoreau, who didn't have one. Literally was read to Carrie Coons, who I adore her Facebook or Twitter account looked like freaking Rosie O'Donnell's. It wasn't her work. It was Trump's danger to the world. She was still going on about the Paris Accord. So I, I just had to touch it one more time. Short segment. But anybody that watches the TV, anyone, every show gets a K character. Everyone, the great outdoor, the great indoors, which I love, was starting to fail in the ratings. And all of a sudden, the black dude, who was a great dude, and I don't remember the character's name. Now, remember, this was, um, the main characters were two black, an Asian, and three white people. All right? So they'd already thought out the demographics. But all of a sudden, the black guy became bisexual. Never referenced it through the whole season. They threw it in there. They even had something about white privilege. And it didn't save them, as we'll see in our news and social media nuggets, because I have the canceled list. 
They do it. Invariably. Grey's Anatomy has lived on it. There's more gay people in Seattle Grace than there's per capita of any city. Everybody's gay there. And you have a whole Netflix series uh, called tra- about transgenders with Transparent. Got a whole Netflix city, city uh, series, uh, Orange is the New Black. My daughter's favorite show. It, it's just a fact that they're omitting what they want to say, that it's all being run by Jewish people, which is a stereotype about Hollywood. But Hollywood is left. It's always been left. When Michael Moore could make Fahrenheit 9-11 a fucking horrible movie that I've watched that has Patrick in it and get a it will get an Oscar but Restrepo doesn't. What does that say? When Passion of the Christ gets Jack but about a gay black dude in Miami gets an Oscar. What does it say? It's liberal. I don't care that it's liberal. I still believe this is American. I believe if I don't like your bullshit and I'm sick of your politics, I won't watch your show. So Carrie Coon, you're out. You lost me. I'm not watching Fargo anymore. But I did that with, I did that with freaking Third Eye Blind, or not Third Eye Blind, but Three Doors Down. They played the GOP convention in 2012. I didn't listen to it anymore. Same time, Foo Fighters. I hadn't listened to Foo Fighters until Obama left office. And I love the Foo. But that's what I do. I believe what happened to the Dixie Chicks was America. You talk shit about America. People don't buy your shit. They burn it. Suck it. You guys do it. The left does it all the time for conservatives. Country music, whatever. I mean, that's just what it is. So I believe do what you want to do. Espouse it. You're you're an American. But just don't expect my dollar. I'm not paying for shit. Not paying shit. That's how I get back. I don't suppress you. But I'll tell you what. Conservative shit's suppressed all the time in America. So, I mean, look what happened to fucking Clint Eastwood. If he wasn't so rich and powerful, he'd never been able to do any more movies. Because Mel Gibson was channeled the hell out. It was more than anti-Semitism. It was Passion of the Christ. He did a religious flick. It was way successful. Hollywood didn't like that. Because it was the age of Obama. Religion is bad. Because religion means conservatism. And conservatism is bad. That's just how they look at it. So... To a music break. This time we're going to do Jacko Pierce for Steve in Florida. Be nice to me. And on the other side of this bump, news, social media, nuggets.
at the media bubble one podcast at a time here's tony reed come fly with me let's fly let's fly away if you can use some exotic booze there's a bar in far bombay come on and fly with me let's fly let's fly away stop Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. 
military corner, crap news, Afghan soldiers wound seven U.S. soldiers in insider attack. An Afghan soldier opened fire on American soldiers on Saturday, injuring at least, injuring at least seven. The U.S. military said it was the second such insider attack by an Afghan soldier. Abdul Karan Aram, spokesman for the 209th Army Corps, confirmed that an insider attack took place at a camp in Mazar-e-Sharif. Aram said the soldiers returned fire and killed the attacker. Um, seven U.S. soldier members were wounded, but said there were no fatalities, uh, and they killed the Afghan. So there was one Afghan. These green attacks are just freaking horrible. And this comes on the heels of the 101st soldiers. Um, I don't know if these are 101st soldiers. Uh, locally, I haven't seen any reporting, but I'll update when I get it. Fitzgerald crew heroic efforts saved the ship from sinking, Admiral says. It's an article that goes into depth about how they did it. There seven missing, seven dead. It is just a doggone mess. And um, I don't know the full extent of this. I did not research it. It was on, my wife <clears throat> told me about it the day it happened, but um, I've been working too much to actually pick up, you know, the, read it in the news, but um, God be with their families too. Navy F-A-18E Super Hornet shoots down a Syrian jet after attacks the U.S. Subsequently, the Russians have warned us. Ooh, that's scary. Um, shot down a Syrian Su-22 on Sunday, giving the U.S. military its first air-to-air -air kill since 1999. Sunday's incident came after Syrian aircraft attacked Syrian Democratic forces early in the day, wounding several of the fighters who are allies of the U.S.-led coalition to destroy ISIS. Combined Joint Task Force Operation Inherent Resolve announced in a news release, Co coalition aircraft conducted a show of force mission to stop Syrian forces from advancing and coalition officials contact the Russians on the deconfliction line to calm the situation down. But nearly two hours later, a Syrian Su-22 dropped bombs on SDF fighters. In accordance with the rules of engagement and collective self-defense of coalition partner forces, the Su-22 was immediately shot down by an F-18 Super Hornet that demonstrated hostile intent and action of pro-regime forces towards coalition and partner forces in Syria. Conducting legitimate counter-ISIS operations will not be tolerated. The last time was May 4th, 1999. So, hmm. I wonder how long that's going to take for this shit to get out of hand. Trump will get blamed. Obama let the door open for Russia. I just want everybody to know that ahead of time. Obama left the door open. Lack of leadership brings in bad people. Russia came on in. TV Lifeline. Which shows have been renewed or canceled? I'm just going to do the cancel or talk about the ones I liked. It's a huge list. It's everything. Uh, two Broke Girls getting renewed. Stupid show. 12 Monkeys getting renewed. Stupid show. American Crime. Canceled. American Horror Story renewed for seventh season. My wife just peed a little when she heard that. Because, oh, that's an evil show. If you haven't watched that, that's just evil. American Housewife was renewed. Stupid show. The Americans renewed. Stupid show. I watched the first three seasons. After that, it was just boring. I couldn't do it. Um, Angie Trebecca on TBS. I've never heard of that. Atlanta, stupid show renewed. Ballers, stupid show renewed. Bates Motels run through a fifth season, which was the fi final season, and it just completed. So I don't know why I made this list. Beauty and the Beast, The Big Bang Theory, Blackish, The Blacklist, 
but the Redemption one was canceled, but those three shows suck big donkey. Bloodline was renewed for its final season. My wife just watched it. Blue Bloods is renewed. Thank you. Gotta have me some Tom Selleck. Love that show. Bones is in its final season. I think. It might already be over. But Bones? I stopped watching that too. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Got another season. Bull is renewed. Thank God. I love the Bull. If you haven't watched Bull, yeah, I liked NCIS and I love Tony. And then he went over to this. This is an interesting show. I'm not watching it because I have a man crush on him. Because I don't. Even though he's got really good hair. The fact of the matter is, it's a really different look at the courtroom with these juror organizations. I'm assuming this is true. But it's juror they have a mock juror, and they put it in the room, and they have all their practice to how they're going to defend somebody, and they get all the personals and follow frickin' um, social media. I'm sure all this is happening. We just don't know what's happening. It's very interesting. Castle was canceled. Chicago Justice was canceled. Code Black is renewed. I do like Code Black. But we don't know about season three. Comedy Bang Bang canceled. Never heard of it. Conviction canceled. Never heard of it. Designated Survivor gets a second season. That show's horrible. I tried. Dr. Ken was canceled. That surprised me. Uh, Exorcist has been renewed. My wife's peed a little bit. Fargo is going to have another season. Game of Thrones. The Get Down on Netflix. Never watched it. The Goldbergs. My favorite show gets another season. Good Girl Revolts canceled. Grey Anatomy is going to go for more seasons. More stupidity, and my wife will be crying on the couch when I walk in and go, what, 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 what? Grim, stupid. Hawaii 5.0, stupid. Homeland, stupid. I can't watch it anymore, but they're all renewed. House of Cards, which I haven't watched yet. I'm saving it for a weekend. I know it's out, but I'm ignoring it. Uh, Imaginary Mary was canceled. <laughs> that was a really bad show. Inside Amy Schumer, I hate her. I won't go to frickin' Old Navy until they take her off. She's so annoying. It's not her politics. She's so frickin' annoying. At first she was cool. Now she's annoying. Jim Gaffigan show. Never heard of it. Canceled. Kevin Can't Wait. Coming on. I am the King of Queens. I don't care what says. The Nick got canceled. My wife cried. MacGyver's getting redoed. And that is a dumb, it's a word, it's the best dumb show you'll ever watch. So I watch it. Gigi mocks me. Madam Secretary. Horrible show. Tried to watch it. I knew what they were doing. I wasn't stupid. They were just trying to do a Hillary. She's so awesome. And they pattern it. And no. I love the actress. I mean, I don't like her politics, but I like her actress. But no. Making History by Fox was canceled. Man Seeking Woman was canceled. Marco Polo. Modern Family is still going. I, they lost me after season two. I mean, it was funny. And it wasn't the gay stuff. It was funny, but it just, I don't, I don't know. I just didn't find it funny anymore. NCIS is coming on. Again, we'll always watch it, even though it's kind of boring. We do it. I can't believe NCIS LA is still on. That's just fucking horrible. Just can't do it. LL Cool J and the dude from Batman. Can't do it. No Tomorrow, the old odd couple were canceled. Orange is the New Black. I'll never watch that stupid shit. It's been renewed. Outsiders canceled. Pitch canceled. Please Like Me canceled. Portlandia, not my cup of tea it's going but i can't watch it powerless pretty little liars will end after season seven quantico is going we've already covered it way too much on the show uber political hate it everything's about trump we don't care it's about trump we don't want trump people to watch our shows do we remember that 
If you're new, listen to the podcast, you'll hear it. Quarry, Queen Sugar. Big promotion right now for the second season. I, I'll never watch that. Ransom, Ray Donovan, my wife's still watching, I don't. The Real O'Neal's was canceled. Huge thing. When I did the transgender bathroom episode, it's one of the rare times I ever sign up for a, a freaking petition. But that one, you know, I had grandkids that I don't get to ever see anymore. But I had grandkids, and I was just fired up about that because I don't think my grandsons have to take a dump next to a girl. It's a whole bunch of stuff about taking a dump in public and taking it next to a girl is horrible. And that show was, I guess, really anti-religious, or I never watched it. Um, it came on after the Goldbergs, but we watched one episode, and it was just stupid, and we didn't watch it again. But there was a big push to kill them, and they got killed. Red Oaks, we watched season one. It's on Amazon. I didn't watch season two. The Return for my wife, she'll love it. Rhodey's was canceled. Rosewood canceled. Salem was canceled. Santa Clara Diet, I tried it. Stupid, canceled. Oh, it's not canceled, it's renewed. Scream Queens. Secret Lies and Sense8 were canceled. Silicon Valley is renewed. Tried it. Couldn't watch it. Simpson. I only put this on here. 30 seasons. To show my name, my age, I watched that on the Tracy Ullman show. It looked like I drew the shit. And then it became a show. And I still can't believe 30 years later it's still on. Six. Which for Army guys, if you didn't watch Six, it's a little hokey. But the war shit and the helicopters, they had some good filming. It was actually tactically correct. I liked it. I don't know where it goes now because the dude got brought home. And uh, Spoiler alert. He got brought home and then he got whacked by the fucking crazies little cult. So I don't know where it's going, but I'm looking forward to come back. Sleepy Hollow, Son of Zorn, canceled. South Park's still on. I didn't know that. The Strain, we watched two seasons, couldn't watch it. Stranger Things, I like that. I know it's culturally cool to like it. But I did think it was a huge show. But I'm still waiting for season two. I haven't seen it. Supergirl's still on. I watched Supergirl. Take away my man card. But I went to the CW. I have standards. And their politics made it. So I can't watch it. Her politics are horrible. Superstore. We still watch it. I was in retail for 12 years. My wife's still in retail. I I, I just ignore America and Ferrara and her politics. And I watch it. I love it. There was a tornado last season. Or the finale of this season. It was funny as hell. Sweet Vicious on MTV was canceled. I don't know what that is. Time After Time, Training Day, canceled. The transgender pushing liberal fucking, there is no liberal Hollywood show transparent. Yeah, it's going for season four. Tyrant, never watched it. Underground, canceled. And my bomb, The Vikings. It's hard to watch it without Ragnar, but I, I I still watch it. The Walking Dead's still going. They lost my wife, which surprised me. And the last one is, ending this year, is The Workaholics. I started watching it. I loved it. But then in an episode where they, it was supposed to be a joke, but they went out and burned a bunch of flags in the yard. And then I never watched it again. I know. It's a constitutional freedom of speech. I still don't understand how speaking is burning shit. But whatever. I just don't get into that crap. I'm a soldier. Sorry. Sorry to be conservative. But I don't see that as an expression of free speech. If that was the case, I would go out and burn gay flags all over the place. I guarantee the moment I burn a gay flag, I go to jail. 
Not that I'd ever do it. Alright, drive-ins. They are thriving in the real world. At one time in this country, there was 4,000 locations. Uh, in 1933, there were 4,000 locations uh, now. Um, and that was one quarter of all movie screens was drive-ins. And now they say there's uh, 1.5% of all movie theaters are... I'm fucking this all up. So let's try this in English. At one time, there were 4,000 locations which made up one quarter of all movie screens. Now there are 1.5%. And he estimated around 500 to 1,000 drive-ins in the country. I think that's a little off. But I would love to go to drive-in. I love the drive-in. I watched uh, St. Elmo's Fire like 45 times and I never paid because I snuck it on a motorcycle. A motorcycle. This one gets in our, you know, I haven't had a lot of college bashing lately, but this is high school and college. I'm just going to read the title. The, 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 this is actually the headline thing. This is it. I'm not going to read the article because if I did, I'd probably freaking take another hour podcast. Schools worry about kids being over competitive, so they are removing valedictorian. In the article, when I read it, it was something about it, it's, it alienates those who didn't study or try. And God knows we don't want to do that. Good Lord. Boeing to test self-flying planes. That scared the shit out of me. I just wanted to read it so you could be scared. I'm not. That's it. This is for me and young Gigi Coke. And if she finds out that I said this, but she doesn't listen to my podcast. She's not political. Enough. You know, she's political, but she's not this political to listen to podcasts. I think hearing me yell on a mic is like her everyday life. So why the hell would she want to listen to it? We used to neck in her Nova. She had a really cool Nova, but then we broke up for a while and her car broke. It got impounded and they were such dicks. She could walk in and grab her clothes and that's it. She left her yearbooks, all sorts of shit in her car. And that thing turned into a hunk of metal, which is really sad because the Blue Bomber was a cool car. And we did a lot of passionate necking. Mom, close your ears. And occasionally, we would go a little further necking. So there was a time we were in Alaska and I was a soldier. And of course, I couldn't take her in the barracks because this is pre you could have women in the barracks shit. Long story short, we parked on a cliff. It was a guardrail and stuff. Put it in park. It was cold as shit. And I, to this day, we both look at each other like, what the hell were we thinking? But when you're in your teens and you're horny and you're really in love, I guess you don't think. So we rested a book on it. It was a book underneath the pedal and a book on it to keep the engine going a little bit above 1,000 RPMs to keep the heat going. And we made love. By a cliff. Then I found this article. Young couple drown after their car rolls into a river as they are having sex in the back seat. My whole life just flashed before my eyes. That's all I'm going to say. And I probably gave out TMI on our love life as young kids. But wow. Wow. That's just crazy. To more Lena Dunham dogging because I love doing it. This is an actual article, and yes, I'm going to read some of it. Why the pineapple is the feminist symbol we've all been waiting for. The tropical fruit takes on the post-Trump era. 
I'm just going to let that pause and marinate for a second. Okay. Without realizing it, you are surrounded. Everywhere you look, there are, they, there they are. Look down, there are probably one on your body right now. I'm talking about pineapples, of course, which is the past couple of years have become the de facto decoration embroidered in jeans woven into silk, woven into silk blouses, turned into tiny handbags, printed on wallpaper, cell phones, yada, 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 yada. There's no object in our world that is safe from the tropical fruit. Much like the peace signs and the smiley faces of the 70s, the daisies of the 90s, and now how we put a bird on it in the mid-aughts, the pineapple has emerged as the icon that will represent the times we live in now. But where did it all start? Historically, the pineapple started as a status symbol. It was one of for Christmas karma, Richard Palmer, blah, 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 blah. Bring up the pineapple among group of 21st century fashion aficionados, however, and inevitably they will all mention Stella McCartney's spring 2001 collection for the French label Chloe. The collection perfectly married Stella's youthful, cheeky approach to the world of high fashion as seen on halter melots with pineapple prints strategically placed on the crotch. I don't know what a melot is. The collection was iconic not only because of its instantly recognizable shut your mouth. While we know the florals of spring are not actually groundbreaking, the springtime fruit print is like its cousin, coming out every year, hustling hard to be seen at various degrees of success. Weirdly enough, Stella was not the only one in pineapple state of mind. Ye, Ye Saint Laurent, who was still dressing his couture label at this time, also sent out glamorous gowns embellished with pineapple. It would be enough to blame the resurgence of this point on the recent bout of near, near early aughts nostalgia, but it's a bit more obvious than that. You see, for spring 2013, Chloe released a special capsule collection featuring its greatest hits as part of a 60th anniversary celebration. As the so-called fast fashion stores can only get their inspirations from the high fashion runway, it's no surprise that the pineapple made its way to the masses once again. In 2001, I definitely owned a white tee with a sequin pineapple in the front, and I'm sure it wouldn't take me very long to find a similar style today. But I think there's another reason why the pineapple is so prevalent. After all, it's really possible that collection from 2001 revived in 2013 could still have such an intense effect on the trends four years later. I can't do it anymore. Let's get to the chase. So that leaves us with the pineapple. The pineapple is the feminist fruit of our time. Stay with me here. Yes, you can playfully joke about a pineapple is a vag, but it isn't a friendly vag. There are spikes to get around. Cutting into them takes a piece of practice. If you don't know how to eat them right, the rind will fuck up the corner of your mouth. Sorry. Was that too much? The pineapple, which started out as a status symbol for colonizers, became the stand-in for comfort and hospitality. And then after a young female designer turned it into the I am woman, hear me roar statement of her still budding career, it's now the primary motif of, dare I say, the post-Trump era. She's serious. That is the spokesman for her generation. Self-appointed. The pineapple represents feminists. Why? In the name of Zeus. I'm going to do a Hillary. I don't know why my podcast isn't heard 50,000 times. And that moron has a venue everywhere. St. Louis Cardinal resists LGBTQ outcry over Christian Day. Good 
for them. The St. Louis Cardinal resolved to host Lance Berkman as their Christian Day speaker, despite outcry from the LGBTQ community. The St. Louis Pride, an LGBTQ organization, protested the Cardinal's decision to host Berkman and demand that the Cardinals cancel his appearance at their annual Christian Day, a post-game event where a public figure, usually former player, as is Berkman case, speaks about how Christianity has affected their life. Berkman drew criticism from the LGBTQ Coastline of Four community in 2015 and has been lambasted as a homophobe over his opposition to Houston Sydney ordinance that would allow transgender people across access to bathrooms opposite their biological gender. Good for you, Cardinals. You can't stop the stupid until we depower the morons. Once again, when there's a gay pride parade, that's not my thing. I let you go and wear your crazy shit and act uber-sexual, because I've never seen one that's not that way. Every video of every pride parade is something you would never see heterosexuals doing and not get arrested for. I don't go to it. If you don't like Christians, don't go. Rewind my tape and go back to the, screw it, do you, I'm just not giving you my money. That's all you have to do. But it's not about that. It's about, you must be gay. Here's why a pro-life legislator decided to post a video of himself butchering a chicken. (laughs) Not going to read the article. But the point is, he was talking about the innocence of lives, and he killed a chicken. Good for him. I have no problem with it. People say it was outlandish. It was a big deal that just made people lose their freaking mind. But at the end of the day, you got whole days that you literally say, shout out my abortion. Why can't somebody shout out why we shouldn't have abortion? Oh, I know. It's an agenda. Got it. <sighs> Here's a fake news takeaway. This is a good one. Hip-hop's revival. Young boy holds on to his mom while law enforcement tries to take her away for immigration laws. This video is all false. After all the craziness and people losing their goddamn mind, it's not true. It wasn't true at all. But that's your fake news takeaway for the day. Because all you hear is the fake news on the right that Hillary was a lizard. That cost the election. So did Comey, the FBI, Netflix, the DNC. What was the list? I don't want to read it again. To a lighter fare, two sound bites back to back. It is Wrestling an Alligator by Action Figure Therapy and Happy Father's Day by Yusha Smith. Both those channels can be found on YouTube. Devin asks, Dear Jungle, is alligator wrestling a good career option? Shit, man. To me, alligator wrestling ain't just a job. It's a way of freaking life. I'll be doing that shit full time till I die once I get out of the service. I ain't got no savings plan. Alligator wrestling is what I like to call the Jungle Recon 401k. Hell yeah. Zach, look at my nuts, ask. Dear Jungle, what's your favorite part of going to the gym? I like walking through one of those yuppie spin cycle classes and crop dusting them with a fart. Numb nuts is riding their pretend sissy bicycles to nowhere. Fuck you, man. Ian asks, Dear Jungle, got any fashion tips for young gentlemen about town? Sure do. I like to carry at least two to three vials of that cologne you can get in truck stop vending machines. That way, if I'm about to come up on a hot prospect of the female persuasion, I'm always smelling my best. I like to think of it as a tuxedo for your olfactory glands. And also, in a pinch, you can chug that shit and catch a sweet buzz. It's got to be at least 30 or 40 proof. Hell yeah. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And dads too. 
<laughs> Today we celebrate our leadership, character, as well as our weak-ass pullout game. And when I tell... Cut. Start over. Today is our day, fellas, and I know each and every one of you guys got someone special home that's going to take good care of that... Dude, you can't refer to a man's genitalia as a... Penis? Hell no, not that either. I can't say wee-wee? The hell is a wee-wee? Start over. Another thing, fellas. I know it's our special day today, but that significant other you have at home, make sure you fuck her right in the pussy. Cut, cut. Dude, you have to be kidding me. Grab her by the pussy? Dude, that's like worse. You can't say that shit either? No, no, man. All right, start over. Cut, cut, cut. And for the women that uh that want their day to be today, it's not your day, okay? Sit the fuck down somewhere. No disrespect. I love y'all to death, but no. Today is Father's Day. Men Day, all right? Enough is enough of that shit. Every fucking year on Facebook. All the guys that fail to pay child support even fucking fail to take care of the kids, you know? Fuck you. Yeah, I said it. Yo, chill, nah, man. man. Get off me, you man. Chill. They need to hear this. Fuck you, man. Nah, fuck that, man. It's motherfuckers like you that make us look like shit. And if I ever see y'all motherfuckers on the street, it's gonna be a fucking misunderstanding, huh? Fuck that, man. I'm sorry, man. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Enjoy your day. Get some ass. Drink beer, whiskey, anything you like. It's your day, man. God, that's what I'm about to go do. Okay, and I left this to the end because I think it's an important, important part. But I want to frame it in correct verbiage. I've been talking for 201 podcasts about the fact that all those in America who say America is a horrible place spend all their time demeaning everybody else and saying, you're horrible and you're the reason why this place is no good, but you need to think like me. At the same time, I talk about how protesters protest all over the place, but people that are working every day never get heard, never do anything. I think I've said a million times that people in the flyover states, normal Americans who are sick of the shit, identity politics, being told what to believe, being told they need to give all their money to everybody else because you shame on you because you worked hard and moved up. But, oh, by the way, you didn't move up because you worked hard. You move up because you're white privilege, which will be on our Wednesday podcast next week. Great conversation I had at work, which just blew my mind. But, yeah, it's white privilege, not hard work. The fact is, we need to be heard. And we need to do it by going to the ballot box and voting, midterms, whenever. But at times, we need to peacefully protest and I won't use Bernie Sanders terminology Tim Kaine Hillary Clinton Barack Hussein bring a gun to the knife fight Obama we need to push back by sounding off ourselves. so when the whole media every major network every major paper pushed the free speech aspect of Trump being assassinated at the Caesar, Julius Caesar, uh, New York freaking theater in the park series, and then bash Delta and Bank of America pulled their funding because they just thought it was a bridge too far for the president, especially when they made him identical to the president, including a gold bathtub. Some people went and said, that's not enough. So this week, don't know if you saw it, I did on Twitter, some people decided to push back and crash 
their party. Stop the normalization of political violence against the right. This is unacceptable. You cannot promote this type of violence against Donald Trump. Stop voting. Yes, you are. You are all Goebbels. You are all Nazis like Joseph Goebbels. This is Goebbels. Sir, Goebbels would be proud. Sir, Goebbels would be proud. Goebbels would be proud. You know, I won't wax poetic like they always do. How brave. How brave. But I will say for them, any conservative that goes out and actually does protest stuff, like the Tea Party back in the day, anybody who goes to pro-Trump rallies, anybody that does things like this, I got to admit it's a lot more braver swimming upstream of popular culture than swimming with the current, which is what all the other sheep are doing right now at the Women's March, at BLM marches, at hashtag Trump's a douchebag not march, and all the wahoos, like the guy I talked to that I did a show about uh, electric cars, who actually is heading out to Oregon to get some protest because he's part of the Antifa. He's a badass on a bike. That That's pretty easy. This is pretty hard. I don't know what subject would make me do it. I don't know what actually would make me take to the street and run around with chance sheets and all that crazy shit. Probably wouldn't do it because I'm working and shit. So I don't have time to go protest. But I think it's a great example that maybe every once in a while, we too, who were sick of the crap... Sick of all of our culture, our direction of our country be dictating, dictated to us by a bunch of spoiled freaking brats that can't get over one election. Oh, wait a minute. It's two. They did this in 2002, didn't they? I don't know. I wasn't in the country. I was defending freedom in Korea and I missed the whole Bush Gore crap. But long story short, maybe once in a while we need to do the same thing peacefully go out and let our voices be heard. You won't get the media there. You won't get simulcast on CNN, MSDNC, and on freaking uh, PBS, ABC won't cover you. This week won't talk about the huge crowds. And we've shown that on the show with pro-life marches versus pro-kill-baby marches, as I like to call them. But maybe we should do it anyway. Because I, I think the silent majority in this country are in the middle and are sick of the dumb shit. But nobody listens to them. Chuck Toad, George Snuffburger, and all them other douche nozzles are never going to come to middle America and talk to normal people. They're going to go to Trump country and talk to Democrats, as we proved on the show. That's all they did. So maybe we need to do a protest like that. Or just walk out and boo while you're doing it. Because our voice should be heard too. So I wanted to end on this. I think that's a positive thing. The people actually did some action. They'll be lambasted on Twitter and social media. And the media won't even pay attention to it. And if they did, it was negative. Because I missed it. I didn't see it. But it'll be negative And they're all a bunch of losers. And they hate democracy. And they kill pandas in parking lots. That's fine. But maybe we need to sound off too. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends. Send comments by emailing FOPPODCAST at gmail.com. FOP 
podcast at gmail.com. You can get this show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Remember to go to the Flyover Politic Facebook page, F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com, FOPpodcast dot com. It's a theme. To see links to feeds for the show, links to our Facebook page, and to email us. There you'll also see links to every episode on the episode release page and my blog on the blog page. Finally, foppodcast.com is your best way to go ahead and suggest segments for the show. We're going to do an ultra mega awesome cast. I've been listening to a bunch of other podcasts. I always do an ultra cast, mega cast, where they get a bunch of other podcasts. I'm just going to do back-to-back podcasts. As I said, I got Mayor, Mayor Barry... Megan Barry from Nashville, all the crazy shit she's trying to do in the Middle East, or in the Middle East, in the in the middle of the doggone country, which I said was going to happen. I talked about the podcast, so it's another one of those moments that Tony Reid is right that I said she's way too national for Nashville, but somehow they voted her in. And the crazy shit coming out of her mouth is driving me crazy. Kids that kill in a Friday free for all, full of Fourth of July fun and other subjects. On the Friday free-for-all, there will be no lead-in. Because the lead-in got me to stray today. It wasn't an hour, and we're at three hours right now, which is just crazy. So I promise both of those will be rained the hell in. But I'm not going to be able to yell in the mic till next Tuesday. That's a long ways off, so I just figured I'd do it today. So it'll be the 27th and the 28th of June, year of our Lord, 2017. Until then, hope you all have a great rest of the week. Enjoy your weekend, and as always, remember to love those important people around you. It's a short ride. Don't miss a moment because you get distracted by a stupid phone. Thank you all for listening, and take care. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor.